All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. All right, everybody, for another week. It is another week of the Real Life Podcast. Here in the sweaty office at Little Brick, there is 52 people in here by my count, and one of them is the newest Blackhawk in the league, Brandon Davidson, and he joins us on the show this week, presented by Rig Hand Distilleries. a moment in your life where making the NHL you're like holy fucking shit I think I'm actually going to make the NHL let's talk about that is that cool (laughs) yeah do you know what it is I already got it yeah yeah oh nice and so like building up through junior and talking about being in the AJ like were you playing Bantam and then got called up I was playing um yeah I was playing um uh, no no I was playing um oh shit I was playing midget uh, my first two years of midget I played um sing or double a hockey in Tabor oh yeah and then um I was at a tournament in old um like for, for the double A um, team, um, and the coach was like, "Hey, you want to come like try out for us?" And like a lot of those things are like money grabs, and the, all the coaches like you know they see some good kids or whatever, and they're like, yeah. "Hey, come try out. You pay your hundred fifty bucks or whatever. You get four days, and they send you they send you home." Well, I showed up and fucking did really well. It just like it, it worked well, and I made the team. No but shit. I was so homesick that like I was just, I was seventeen or sorry I was I was sixteen, but I was just like late developer or whatever you want to call it i just was like missing home and like we living on a farm or you living in town um i was living on uh i was living in town at that yeah. time yeah we we i grew up on a farm but um we moved off the farm when i was like 12 years old 
And so like um, into the big city. Yeah. Like, like holy shit, city. there's the a drive through here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you moved to Olds. Well, I, that was that was my first like um attempt at that was my first tryout really for any team. Yeah. Um you had to try out for double A and single A and stuff, but I mean that was just like local stuff, really small small town stuff. And um so junior A and Olds was like the, um, that was that was the first moment where I was just like Okay, like somebody, somebody thinks I'm good. Like yeah, maybe yeah. I got a maybe got a chance, and and I I made the team, but um I played four games, and I was like, guys, this isn't for me. Like I got to go home. Oh shit! Yeah, and then um they sent me to um they sent me to Leftbridge, which is 30 minutes outside of Tabor, and they were like, hey, we got this kid that like you know, can you guys take him for like a year and 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 see where he ends up? And uh, I ended up playing on the um uh, the AAA Titans out of uh, at a left bridge and um so you could just drive in for games and practices yeah i just yeah. drove in um, like, I actually, like the st albert of left bridge yeah basically yeah same thing yeah. <laughs> but well, well, well done thank you yeah. a little geography there yeah, yeah. no problem so, so is that where you lit it up then and room? that's yeah that's where it got started actually um i told the coach i said hey i got a cousin that plays hockey can can he come with me and he was like sure and he was actually already trying out at the time and, oh, nice. and he was he was just on the cusp of last cuts and i was like this is my cousin we're gonna drive in every day and we're gonna play for you and yeah, me and him both did phenomenal. I think I um, I led the South, Southern Alberta for defenseman points, which seems oh no no that's time, hot but, shit in those days. Yeah, and then we went to the Max Midget tournament, and um, I lit it up there. I made first team All Star, and it kind of just oh okay. everything just started tumbling. And once I made that Max Midget tournament, um, or sorry, once I did um, so well at that tournament, um, that's when Regina came into play, and they were like, "We need to sign this guy." And, basically and so like you were talking to them, and yeah, basically said. Um, to olds like hey i got like this beautiful opportunity here and like we'll <laughs> the see bigger you guys. better deals showed up <laughs> yeah i just i knew i was a little later in my career like i know kids get drafted when they're like 17 and i'm like i'm already 17 and so i was like i gotta fast track this like th- i gotta go do this <laughs> so you were undrafted so you weren't in the whhl bantam draft um no not at all like i was not even considered no knew my fun. name not even i was wow. playing i was playing in Tabor, and i mean we brought in kids from maybe um within 30 kilometers of, of Tabor, and that was about it. You're like the story that parents are telling kids in dressing rooms all around tiny little towns, like, don't forget about Brandon Davis. <laughs> yeah. like, they didn't even know about him in the dub draft. And next thing you know, he's, you know, six years in the show, and he's uh, killing it. So okay. you signed Regina as a 17-year-old. Um, yeah, I signed um, as a 17-year-old. And um, uh, when I went to camp, I just just turned 18. 18 was my first year. Um, it was August 21st. We started camp. I missed, I missed my first birthday. I missed my birthday for the first time. And I was fucking, I was just this little kid. And I was like, ah, I got to miss my birthday. And I was like, <laughs> but yeah, I know. Um, I signed a contract that summer and, um, went into Regina and, and I didn't, they, I didn't even know if they expected me to play really. I think, um, I, I just, I did really well. And, and, um, actually became good friends with Jordan Everly and, and we ran the power play there and um, I think my first year he put up like 34 points I think I had one goal and 33 assists yeah. I bet you you're bang you, on I'm checking elite prospects right now and I can verify that statement yeah and I bet um, out of those 33 assists I bet you 32 of them were just me pulling it uh, walking the, the blue line to the middle of the ice and just feeding it to the wall to Jordan and he'd just walk in and shoot every time <laughs> We're going to the show, Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. I'm hitching like, my wagon. Take me. me with you. Yeah, you and me. Was he unreal in junior? Yeah, he was he was um yeah, he was a special player. Like and I I never even um even thought I'd be in the same caliber as like playing with these guys. And when I got the opportunity, it was just like I was starstruck. And and it was just WHL. Like How old um, was Jordan when you met him when you were seventeen? 
Um, Jordan was Jordan's the same age as me. Okay, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Um, but he'd already 91? spent two years in the league. Yeah, I'm a yeah, 91. Yeah. yeah. I don't know Jordan Everly's birthday off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> I don't miss good, him. Good guess. I don't miss Jordan Everly. <laughs> <laughs> So you walk in and he's already like kicking ass at 17. Yeah, he's kicking ass. Yeah. And I mean, um, uh, there was also another player there named Jordan Wheel. He was a um, phenomenal player. Plays for Philly? Uh, yeah, plays for Philly now. Yeah. He yeah. was drafted to L.A. and um, he's just a small guy in L.A. system. It just didn't work out there. I Trade. see a couple of guys with 100-plus point seasons there in your first year yeah. in Regina. Yeah. That Jordan Everlay and Jordan Wheel. Yeah, those guys were just phenomenal players. And we had a guy named Garrett Mitchell, too. He plays captain of Hershey Bears now. Oh, yeah. Um, he was my he was our captain, actually, um, that first year that I – or actually the second year that I played, sorry. I think Colton Tubert yeah. was captain the first year I played. Yeah, he was. Um, but, yeah, no, I remember – I remember um, going in there with those guys, and I just was like starstruck, and I was just flying by the seat of my pants. Honestly, it's kind of the the whole theme I think I've had a, a lot of the times is the underdog, yeah. and so nobody expects anything, and I think that's always been key for me. And and I mean, even in the, even this year, another underdog season, and I think that that's kind of where I excel. And so, because um, you have strong self belief, uh, yeah. I mean, I. I, I deal well with pressure now, but at, at, at the time, I was just a kid. Yeah. Um, you, you, there's no pressure. It's just go play hockey. Yeah. And So you go to Regina, you don't feel any pressure. You're not like, oh, shit, I can't be making that big-ass drive anymore. No, honestly. I, I remember spending the first four days there, and I was like – my dad drove me, and we stayed in the hotel and stuff. And like, You I weren't freaking out? No. I was like, I was like, whatever, let's just go do this thing and see what happens. <laughs> in four days, I was like, they start cutting kids and stuff, and I see the list go dwindling down, dwindling down, and I'm like – like holy shit, I got a, I got a shot here, and I was like, God, even, even, I, even thinking that after four days, I was like, God, I might come close, but, but, uh, you know, I, I didn't really think it was going to work out. Really? Yeah, I just, Interesting. I, I just, I didn't know, and I didn't know where I sat. Like, I just, I didn't know the system. I didn't know how it worked, and I was just like, well, screw it, just like, just keep going out there and just see what happens, and and it just snowballed. Like, it just was like, best time of my life. Was it some some of it? Yeah, I had some really good years in Oklahoma City too, where yeah. um, hockey was just it was just fun. We won lots. We made the conference final twice, and um, we were coached by uh, Todd Nelson. Yeah, and he was just um, he was phenomenal. He just he understood the mind of a hockey player, and he could just manipulate it to make guys play for him. We always took good Todd. luck to you, Todd, wherever you may be. <laughs> well, we always took Todd just to be like Captain Chill, like yeah. just players oh, yeah. like go do whatever. But yeah. like, did, was he actually any sort of authority? He was. He was. He was definitely Captain Chill. Um, he wasn't like um, he just made hockey when, when everybody else was being so serious. Like, um, uh, coach for Toronto, like Babcock. Babcock. I feel like he's he's kind of um, a coach that is very serious. Um, and I feel like when people were trying to make um, the sport into like um, something serious, well, Todd was still doing it old school, just like the old um, the old Oilers and one of the cups. I feel like those guys had a lot of fun. And I feel like they just he just managed to kind of make that um, atmosphere there. And um, we worked hard. Don't get me wrong. We worked our balls off. But um, not like iron lead, fist leadership. No, though, like no not at all. It was just everybody knew that, hey, we can keep having fun if we keep winning. Yeah. And that was that was the whole mandate. And not an option when he got to the NHL, unfortunately. Hey, like, yeah. hey boys, I'll be super nice to you if you're winning. How's the year going? No, we're fucked. Well, <laughs> but he came in like coast was like last two months. And yeah. like we actually played, played pretty fine. good. I think we we're yeah. probably above 500. Yeah. You were. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's like, why, why are we getting rid of this guy? Yeah. This guy had it going. Oh, on. he called me up, too. I was like, oh, man. Let's do this thing, you know? <laughs> That's so interesting when, like, AHL coaches make it up 
and like they like they they bring their guys. Like you're one of his boys, obviously. Yeah. He brings you up to the team. Like it's so funny that they always got their guys. Yeah. That yeah. When they get to the big show, they bring their guys down there that were loyal and worked hard for them up with them like immediately. When yeah. a coach moves, it's like you know his guys are going to be yeah. coming. Right yeah, you know his right? assistant coaches are coming, yeah. and yeah, I mean that's the same situation with Todd. He he brought me, and and I'm trying to think who else actually. <laughs> <laughs> me and me alone. Yeah, me and uh. <laughs> As a guy but, who was uh, who was kind of here, were you surprised the others maybe didn't give him a chance to? Take the next step? Yeah. I think um, – I don't know if that was a mistake or not, but um, I did feel like, yeah, he just – he didn't get enough time. Um, they were, ran through how many coaches – six coaches and how many years there. More? Was it more? Each with, <laughs> each with good reason. Yeah. Each with but, a good yeah, reason. Yeah, and, and exactly. And, I mean, I really don't know, but um, I just – if 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 they would have brought him back that next season, I feel like it might have been a different story. But who's to say, right? Like, you never know. I don't dare ask any more questions because about the, how the Oilers structure because I'm scared of what I'm going to find out. Like, what about, no. Oh, God, <laughs> no, fuck, no, please, please, no. Of course, we're hearing this, Wanye, firsthand from Brandon Davidson. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to go back and record a thing. Yeah. We, we yeah, had yeah. to record it. I, I knew what we were doing. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I rolling knew what we were doing. never want to make a guy repeat himself. Never. Yeah. We did a rolling Because it never sounds the same. It was gold. That was, was gold. some genuine shit right there. Yeah. Very genuine shit. Thank you. Um, yeah. Like to live that was genuinely. real life. The new, <laughs> right that there. was real life. Well done. Thank this you. This is the newest Chicago Blackhawk on earth in oh. the sweaty office at Little Brick. Kind of news hit today right before we started recording. Minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, uh, you know, big mo- big news for me as well. <laughs> Huge news. Huge, Huge news. news. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm, uh, I'm quite excited to actually join um, the Blackhawks. I mean... We've been kind of um, in communication for the last um, three weeks and um, and just kind of sorting out a few s- situations. I think that um, when you're a free agent like this, I think you have to uh, always sift through your best options. And, and um, I think that um, this PTO that, um, that I'm signing is just, um, you know, th- the right situation and the right fit for me. I think um, when you look down the lineup and you look at um, the players that they have there, I think – um, this is a recipe for success for me. For sure. You got to do what's best for you, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's... it's uh, Some pretty awesome just, plan yeah. for an original six team, too. Yeah, I mean, um, Chicago's always been my favorite um, place to play. Um, just specifically just because of the building, the atmosphere. Um, I, I love playing in Edmonton, and Edmonton's going to always be um, home for me. But um, um, something about Chicago just has a nice... Um, Nice ring to it. Big leagues, right? And I mean, yeah, the original six teams. I mean, I I went out to Montreal and that was, um, that was phenomenal. That was awesome. And that's a different beast. I'll get to that later. (laughs) (laughs) But Chicago, I mean, it's Chicago. I just, it it, it feels like, you know, if this is where you're going to do it, you're going to do it here. I think there's like New York and then there's like LA. eh. And then like Chicago, Detroit, in terms of like the, the the big league feel of the city. Yeah. Like there's a theater district in Chicago that's beyond compare. You can go on those like canals. You go and do that. Yeah. That's sick. <laughs> I mean, it's but, beautiful down there in oh, those canals. Unbelievable. Like, oh, there's nothing like it. Well, it just as like a sports city. Like I think I think like for cool sports cities, especially in the states, I think it's like Boston, Chicago. Yeah. Like, yeah. Boston, they yeah. just like if like just how they preserve the history and respect it, and it's just like willed down through generations. Oh yeah. All that fandom and craziness. Oh, but I got to bring it back. We here at Oilers Nation tried our fucking asses off to leverage the internet. Yes. To have you come back. Yes. And, you know, we want to see, you know, we're so happy that you're getting the right opportunity 
uh, in Chicago because you know you, you you watch us through it and it does sound like an awesome opportunity. Plus, you get to play with Taves and Kane. Like, That's really yeah. sick. Like that, yeah. and Keith and Seabrook. Like Ooh. Jesus Christ. Yeah, those are those are two really guy are two guys. Um, Seabrook and Keith that I really keyed off of like me making my decision because, um, you know. There's not too many players in the league like those guys, and I think that, um, and you look at um, the opportunity to play there and, and play with those guys. I think that um, there's no better guys that could help my career. Oh, for sure, two. you're probably going to add two years on by picking up all their little yeah. techniques and shit that they've been doing. To play. Just watch and learn, soak it up. Yeah. Just like a sponge. I've been doing that since I was 17. So it's not like playing with Tara, where you're like, oh, okay, I just need to be 11 feet yeah. tall, <laughs> and I too will play until I'm 46. Uh, glassing out. <laughs> <laughs> Chicago's got not like, a bad play, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can make it happen. I think that uh, it's really interesting to hear your story and to hear about like being the underdog, right? Because I think that like that creates a certain mental profile of yourself, and like you've got a good mental toolkit because you've never really had like shattered expectations where you're like, oh shit, I was supposed to do X and ended up only making Y. Like you're in a good climb, right? You're yeah. going, you're on, you're improving. Yeah, I think that makes things. Um, I don't know if, if if that's my way of making things easier on myself and like dealing with um, the pressure and and um, just everything. But um, it's just I feel like it's kind of always been that way. Just in the situations that I've been, um, even um, back to Oklahoma City when I was diagnosed with testicular cancer, I just I always felt like then and there like that was that was a defining moment where I was done being the underdog. Like I'm going to make my move and, and play my hand kind of thing. And, and even, um, uh, moving forward, like, um, into, into last season, um, when I was um, put on waivers and, and which was a very, um, you know, stressful time for me. I, I was kind of mad at myself and disappointed, but when I come here and I, I get an opportunity, um, again with the Oilers, I feel like, all right, this is, this is my move. I get, I get to be the underdog and I get to prove everybody, um, everybody wrong again. And it's just like, I think it's just basically in my head because it's my way of coping with, um, with the pressure. And, and it's just, um, it's, it's my way of, um, turning it on. It's your way of coping with the fact that the Oilers fucking screwed you a little bit. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, to me. Jesus Sorry. Well, we can't talk. I like haven't that. said a fucking thing yet I know, but because <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt. That's true. But that was a very nice way of putting, look, <laughs> Let's be real here. The Oilers didn't exactly treat you great the last four years. Yeah, well, I mean, let's just roll back a second. I mean, um, I'm like nervous to be on the podcast right now. Like, oh shit, we <laughs> <laughs> just fucking lowered the boom. No, no, I like that. I'll like climb that. out the window. <laughs> no, I mean, um, I owe the Oilers um, everything. I really do. Um, I was drafted to them um, in the sixth round. Like, gave me a chance. And then, I mean, um, Craig McTavish when when um, when I was diagnosed with um, testicular cancer, uh, paid for all my medical bills, like got me back on my feet. Um, really, you know, just was like uh, a beam and a pillar in my life. And um, I felt like, um, you know, I owed him, I owed the Oilers, I owed, um, I, I owed them my best. And and um, that's one of those little defining moments kind of thing, that situation. Yeah, sure, but sure. I'm starting but to I feel mean, really bad right now. No. Yeah. <laughs> you, for Mr. saying that they were such assholes. <laughs> hey? That turns out Mac <laughs> T's a hell of a guy. I, I, I'm sorry. But no, yes. No. No, I'm starting to But feel I bad. mean, when, when, like you said, like there is a little bit of hard feelings because, um, you know, I was traded away twice. And I, lo- I loved being here. And I, I know I put in my time and, and I felt like I just needed a little more time. Each, each, each time I got traded, I just needed a little more time. And I think I proved that the second time I came back here. And, and so, um, yeah, a little, little upset that I was traded away last year. But at the same time, um, 
I, I know there's a business side of this game, and, and that kind of gets in the way too. So, You're a fan favorite in this room, and when we were in the playoffs, we were all rattled that you weren't here for it. Yeah. Everybody in this room was like, it really sucks. That, I mean, it's great. We were very happy, and thank God we finally got to see playoffs. Oilers Nation's been around for 11 years. We've seen the playoffs once. Right, like yeah. it has been. Try writing all them blogs. About <laughs> nothing, we right? look for young defensemen, and yeah. we want to like reproduce young defensemen and make it, yes. and, and and like build them up and build them up and build them up. And I, all all I heard from these guys was, "This is one of the guys, man. This is the guy we need." And then all yeah. of a sudden, I fucking you. one of the four things from the Oilers that I actually see. And they let you go, and I go, "This is the dumbest uh, fucking thing I've ever heard in my life." I know, I know, I I, I feel. I feel this, I feel the exact same way. We're all on the same page. And I, I just I watched I watched that whole playoffs and I just I was just saltier than ever. I couldn't even my mom didn't even want to hang out with me. <laughs> but yeah, no, there's you know, I you know, that's what I was working towards all these years. Yeah. Like all those years I was that's what I was I, that's what I wanted was to be an oiler and I wanted to make the playoffs and I wanted to play for the city. Oh my God. And so I'm having a heart attack. Cause you were an Oilers guy as a when kid. I, when I, you love the Oilers as a kid, right? Uh, yes. Like you grew uh, yes, up I in did. Alberta. Oilers was your team. Yeah. Oilers, um, Oilers was, um, like our family household, um, team. Um, I think I got that from my older brother. He just, he had, he was big Ryan Smith fan and, and, um, oh. and he just, uh, we're sitting in there. Ryan Smith shrine at the moment. But you know what? I have to say my first team, like my dad loves Boston Bruins. Like, okay. like every dad does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I watched a lot of hockey with my old man. And, and so I think Boston was my first like team. And that's just maybe because I had a father, son, you know, it's time I get to hang out with my dad. For sure. Yeah, for sure. But like the first team that I really, um, you know, really had a passion for was, was the Oilers. And, and like what year were you? I was probably like 12 years old kind of thing. So Oh three. Oh sure, yeah. Do the math. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. It. I graduated <laughs> high school. I brought it. I brought. Uh, it, I brought the numbers. From yeah, sorry. That's that's right. Right. Yeah. So oh three. Okay. Yeah. So there's still some good years in there. You're seeing playoffs. Those are scrappy years. years. Yeah. 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 So was there somebody in those early days you kind of wanted to model your style up? Yeah. You guys are gonna laugh. No, never. <laughs> I'm gonna love it. Say like Yanni Pitkinen or something. Oh god, no. It's it's funny because he's not a defenseman at all. He's, it's Joe Thornton. Um, oh. I don't, and maybe that's because Boston. Yeah, it, it was probably because of Boston. Um, and I actually watched him even go on to San Jose, like after that and stuff. And and um, I just think that uh, the way I watched Joe play hockey and the way he could just slow the game down, oh. that was my favorite part. Oh, you look slow, it. all right. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Wow, well, yeah. you're talking we're about doing, 2018 Joe. Yeah. Thornton. we're talking about 2003 yeah. Joe Thornton. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I just a person I tried to model my game after, and I did, I didn't, but. I mean, it was just, I, I felt like... You had like, how many assists back in junior? Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> when you were feeding Nebs there? Yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, I mean... That, just that like was, Joey T. Yeah, but I just, yeah, I just loved him. I just, um, the, whatever, he, just the style, the hair, everything. It was just like, um, I loved it all. flow right now. Yeah. <laughs> Great flow. Uh, yeah. Slowing the game down requires a level of patience that is so fucking tough to possess. Like, only a few guys can do it. Yeah. It's so tough, especially, like, at this game, like, the, like the pace it's at. Joe can still go out and do that. Yeah. And like, he doesn't need, doesn't even need, like, legs. No. My cousin lives in San Jose. Yeah, San Jose. And she, her kids go to school with Joe Thornton's kids. And she oh. was originally from Ottawa, so she's, like, one of us, right? She's very excited about yeah. this. And nobody in Silicon Valley knows who Joe Thornton is, nor do they care. <laughs> and she was at school one day. It's, like, a fancy kid's school. And she heard these two ladies talking. They're like... 
there was the guy in the lobby earlier. I didn't like the looks of him. He had a very long beard. <laughs> he was missing a bunch of teeth. And she's like, you idiots, yeah. that's Joe Thornton you're yeah. talking about. They're like, who's Joe Thornton? And my cousin's like, why do I live in San Jose? So, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. He's man. been around a long time. Like, oh. you got to give him credit. That I'm, is like one of the top careers. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's You have to respect it. And it's just like unbelievable what he's doing. Have you been on the ice against him? And like, oh, yeah. Like, Holy shit. Yeah. yeah like, one time I accidentally sticked him in the balls. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he's like, I'll let this one go, kid. And that was like, it was one of those defining moments nice. my first year. And I like, I didn't mean to. We were off. We were, um, he got kicked out of face off dot. I think he was playing center. Uh, he got kicked out of face off dot and went to the wing. And I was, I was the defenseman on the wing. And I just was like, I was all fired up and ready to roll. And puck dropped. And I just like, just instantly, um, uh, lifted my stick up and I caught him right in the balls and he looked at oh, me and no. he's like, uh, he looked at me and he said, um, he's like, I'm going to give you this one, but next time you're effing dead. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm so fucking sorry. And I was like, all right. Yeah, first <laughs> just free. Stick Joe throat in the balls and he didn't even do anything. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's when you're thinking back through your career to date, what was happening in your first year in the NHL where you're like, I'm in the NHL, ladies and gentlemen, I am the king of everybody and everything because... I, I going on the plane the first time were you like holy shit I'm on the Oilers plane yeah I remember when um, I remember we went to um, um, shoot I'm just trying to not screw this up place in Edmonton nope <laughs> a city in the world a city in the world uh, yeah I just can't remember don't I can't remember I, it's just <laughs> a little free association yeah. Well, yeah you know what we'll do we'll take a break because we hadn't taken a break yet okay. so we'll take a break SumoJerky.com. You've been through the gas station. You've seen all the flavors, teriyaki, black pepper, maybe extra hot, sweet chili. That's about as exotic as it gets. But if you subscribe to Sumo Jerky at SumoJerky.com, check them out online, enter your preferences. They source out the finest small batch handcrafted ma and pa jerky from all over the world. They have all your favorite flavors, but it's high-quality, handcrafted versions of your favorite flavors, and they get exotic as well. Exotic jerky from exotic animals, or play it straight and stick with beef. Enter your preferences at sumojerky.com. It shows up once a month. Deliver it as a gift if you like. Have it sent to your work for a little pick-me-up during the day. Sumojerky.com. Follow them on Instagram at sumojerky for pictures of their meat. Or sign up for the service yourself, sumojerky.com. Once a month, meat delivered right to your door. It's the home delivery service you didn't realize you need until it started showing up. My favorite day of the month is Sumo Jerky Delivery Day. Sumojerky.com to get started. We're back, Real Life Podcast. It is a group effort this week. We've got 1,500 people by my estimate. It's getting warm in, in here too, boys. It is hot, yeah. This... There's a lot of dudes in here. A lot of dudes. This house was built in 1902, Brandon. They did not invent air conditioning for a good 60 years afterwards, and it is hot. I can tell my pants are going to come off here pretty quick. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah. Yeah, we're getting friendly. That That's never right. happens here. <laughs> Before the break, oh, and the Real Life Podcast is brought to you by our good friends at sumojerky.com. Still waiting. Delicious. Waiting for my, when do I get my shipment? Well, that's a good question. I got the emails. Well, I'm waiting. You're always going to I feel like that. you could just ask the guy, like, could you not just tell him when his stuff is coming? I got the emails. Oh, what yeah. does that mean? Okay. Brandon, for God's sakes, I'll tell you what's Sorry. Going. No, please do. I happen to own a very small, large beef jerky subscription <laughs> of the month club called sumojerky.com. It's very popular in the southern U.S. I bought it off a guy last summer, and I made it the advertiser on the podcast till we get real advertisers. Okay. And it's delicious. 
I bet. Every month we get five kinds of beef jerky sent to Little Brick. It's the it's, greatest day. It's the greatest part. It's of my huge life. in the states. Like it has 1,300 subscribers. There's none in Canada. Right? Oh really? Yeah. Okay. And so we get this like awesome beef jerky here all the time. And I'm sorry that I get an email a week before it arrives because I happen to get all the emails for Super Jerky. But uh, I know in advance. It's a, it's usually a surprise. It's just bagged milk always acts like he's waiting for it. He like is. He's been waiting for years and he years. Is. But I feel like the minute after you order it, that like. You just are waiting for it immediately. Well, it only comes once a month. It's not it's Amazon a, Prime. It's a it's... beef jerky of the month club. It's amazing. They have like 180 companies How in their database. Well, it's a good question. You just <laughs> swing on over to Sudra. Tell you what, I'll send it to you in Chicago. All right. Delicious. Hey, fair enough. I Wonderful. Think, I think all you have to do is just forward the emails to Bag Milk. That's right. We can... Actually, you know what, though? No, I don't Do you know like... why Bag Milk doesn't get an email? Because I paid for it. That's right. Oh. I don't want to take the shit to my credit card. That's right. And what I was trying That's to do right. was butter up the other station because yeah. they don't have to do anything they nice. want to do. That's right. Be like, maybe talk about your old pal Wanya's beef jerky company from time to time. <laughs> yeah. like, it arrives. No one talks about it. I'm like praying to see photos on Instagram. Nothing. <laughs> it, it always seems to show up at the right time or right time. The of best day. times. Because like it just, it, it, the package, we rip it open like freaking hyenas, yeah. you know, and just literally go to like crush five bags in like an hour the last month shipment came down here first you swiped one of our five bags yes i i charged a tariff to ship it upstairs this guy was telling me this company's for sale he's like i got a beef jerky company for sale i'm like okay he's like it's really smart i'm like okay talk to me it was a class yeah it was a class project at princeton they're talking about like niches like things that you can like service a niche market and they're like someone say a stupid niche product and someone's like beef jerky and everyone laughed so everyone did a class project on beef jerky businesses oh no way except this guy did it and then sold like a million three worth of beef jerky in the next three years no way yeah Uh, and then sold it to me good for him walking down the street living my life and then he didn't want to do it anymore because he had something else blow up yeah fucking nerds it's good man pockets full of jerky oh yeah (laughs) like yeah like we we it's incredible it's like Four thousand bags of jerky a month get sold, and like you call up these little beef jerky companies, you're like I'm calling from the internet, and they're like, "It's a scam." Yeah, who makes them? You're Russian people, different companies all the time, right? Wow. We we like source out the companies, Just like, and then we ship it all to New Jersey, and they break it down and put out the packaging. Huh. It's cool. Yeah, I mean, every month new bags of jerky. Wow, that was the longest ad for Sumo Jerky ever. It's really good, organic. We Very got a celebrity good. endorsement. This is going great. And then mm, you know, just good. give one your address in <laughs> Chicago when All you get there. All I need there. to know is your alarm pin code. <laughs> I need to know your credit card number. We just wanted address. to go right inside, so nobody <laughs> swipes a bag. <laughs> somebody puts a tariff on it. I show up. Hello, right. beef jerky delivery. <laughs> Shotgun. <laughs> Are you tripping at all about living in Chicago, knowing that it is like a major American city with major American violence? Is He's that in yeah. New York. Where? Well, I mean, I, I, I know about all the violence in the last couple of years. Oh, I mean, it's Chicago. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's definitely couple weeks. an adjustment, but I mean. Hey, I just signed a PTL. We're just going to make it through the first uh, 14 <laughs> days, and we're going to take it day by I'm day. I'm sure by. you'll be there for years and years to I'm, come. Uh, I'm uh, very certain we'll find a nice place and try and stay out of those areas. Yeah. <laughs> It's weird, like, driving on the road in Texas and knowing one in three cars have a gun in it. I know, right? Because they don't look like they have guns in it. Uh, no. It's just little ladies driving their li- like living their lives, driving to work, uh-huh. but they're strapped. Yeah. I was just talking to Reese Scarlett, and he playing in Texas for the last few years, and um, he was saying that, uh, yeah, it's weird just walking around the mall and people are strapped. With, with Does their, anybody their in the shooter. States ever get used to seeing motorbikers with no helmets on? Uh, I don't think I'll ever get used to that. I mean, it's already... It gets stupid enough. Yeah. <laughs> Put a helmet on. And I have a gun Put on. Put a helmet me. on. It's so simple. God bless America. Yeah. And I got God a gun. Yeah. yeah, Chicago's like got some crazy, crazy stuff going on there, man. Like, that's a violent city, and it's getting worse, not better right now. I saw a documentary about it. It's super sad. 
Yeah. The gangs are going crazy down so, there. So, congratulations. No, <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. Great. Yeah, them out. It's also recognized as one of the best cities in America, right? Yeah. Yeah. All, yeah but I think sure. a lot of American cities, like, have that, like, really lower, like, income, high crime area that, like, and we don't have that here in Edmonton, right? Yeah. yeah. We're, we're lucky. They're not unlucky. Like, that's how the way the world is. Yeah. So, that might lead into one of my questions. What was the best thing about, like, when you went to Edmonton, or when you were in Edmonton, you got to go out, obviously, yeah. a lot. So, two questions. After a game, who gets to pick where you go? Mm-hmm. And number two, where would you pick if you could go? Oh, somewhere? I got two places in mind. Okay, uh, I don't, I don't know how it, how it works out to who gets to pick, but um, not seniority. It, not well. Well, actually, usually it's the young guys yeah, going out though, right? Yeah, usually um, in Edmonton, it's a small enough um, um, city that um, you know. Uh, like to try and have fun, but also uh, we don't get carried away and do something like in public because even if you're not doing anything bad in public, there's there's always somebody so watching. Taking your picture. It or seems like um, there's always a way to spin that. And, and this make city you look is bad. 31 of 31 for that type of interaction with fans. Yeah. Like if you walk into the bar, you are. Are we done with this? No, 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 no. We're doing a thing. We're going to talk after. It's a podcast. Keep Holy talking. shit. So, but it must be just fucking terrible as going to a bar. And the minute you walk in, it's like, oh my God, game time's done. And they're all here. Yeah. There's like four of them in the back. If you're under 40 and you're wearing a suit in a bar in Edmonton, there is a 100% chance you're an oiler because yeah. we don't have those kind of people. Right? So have you ever thought about maybe changing your clothes before you go? Or well, I mean, I mean, if, if, if you want to hide, yes, you're going to change your clothes. But... There's also a plus side to that, too. Uh, <laughs> if you're single, yeah. there are some very lovely ladies in Edmonton. And, I mean, we hang out at um, a few particular spots, and those ladies are easily attracted to men in suits under 40. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come in here with another endorsement of one of our brands for crying out loud. I know a bar in town. I know a guy who runs a bar in town who is sitting on the couch who runs his bar in town. <laughs> if he sees a phone out, he slaps it to the ground. Yeah. He goes out and will go in a 10-kilometer radius and find the nicest chicks to talk to. Yeah. And he will make sure that nobody gets in the back room unless he says so. It's like probably the only safe island in town is the back bar at the pint when Rick's working. Yeah, I mean, those guys take care of us very well they always have and i mean it's a great atmosphere we have a lot of fun there but um yeah we know that um those guys are around and that, that we can have that fun because of that reason and i mean um i don't know i wouldn't i don't want to speak for everybody uh, or or previous others but um yeah we go there lots <laughs> yeah, it's the best. And, and i mean that's one of the reasons and, and also because it's just a blast like the pint opened in 08 nine, nine. nine. Yeah. and we started going there as patrons and then they became our partners for the nation, and then we became partners in the Pines, and it all went crazy, and we had a great time. Like, the same people or core are still there. You never see that in a bar. You never see, like, six or seven core people that are still running the place. Isn't that unbelievable? And it's why it kills. It's why it's the best place. Is that, why is that? Because of Rick. Rick's <laughs> goddamn glue <laughs> holds a joint together. Yeah. One of the Everybody needs seven a million. <laughs> One of the funniest I stories I heard about uh, a Pint recommendation is a visiting teams in town. And at the face-off, they asked Patty Maroon, "Where should we got the green yes. light? Where are we going out tonight?" Maroon <laughs> says, "Pint." Woo! Next thing you know, a whole fucking squad's there that night. Uh, I don't doubt it. I'm Rick Super Bowl. He's like, "Holy shit, <laughs> we did it!" Yeah. Wait, no, it was Brandon yelling from the blue line. Pint, I heard you. <laughs> We're going to the pint. So there's lots of places that you can go that are busy, and the staff treat you like you're an annoyance, even if you're in the show. 
there's you know busy bars are like yeah you think you're so great because you're northern we had the columbus blue jackets in here three weeks ago right (laughs) yeah whereas at the pint they're like oh would you like to go to the bathroom in the staff bathroom in the back oh (laughs) would you like us to let you make your own wings oh would you like us to and like that really is awesome i mean yeah right can't get that kind of service anywhere. No, well, it's, it's big, big, it's fun. <laughs> it's, it's not necessarily service. It's just like, I know. It's, it's, but, but no, 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 I know. Trust me, that is one of the things. Like, there's nothing fire. No fucking doubt. Making your own but wings. it's just like, I think, you know, and I, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but just feeling like you, you've got your own zone. Yeah. You're yeah. not going to be like interfered with too much. Cause like, you're just like, you're just guys and want to get together as a team and just have a night out, celebrate a win. Yeah. Have that and feel kind of just like you can do your own thing without being like, pulled like 48 different directions by everyone because like that's what you know like hey fans are fans like i'm a fan i see i'm like my fucking eyes are glued and the squad's in i'm like oh shit (laughs) and i mean like um exactly like when you you go to the point um it's not like you're going to a club where it's dark you can't see anybody music's so loud you can't even talk to anybody like we win games we want to go out and we want to have a good time we want to be able to talk to each other and it's just the atmosphere that they have there and um, but like all the way around the corner is the best because no one in the bar can see you yep. right? yeah so you got your own little zone you got your yeah. bar right there and yep. then the Oilers Nation size right there so you know we're watching and it's all great like that to me <laughs> guys who like bars like the pint I like guys like that because you're like a small town dude you know guys are like hey we're going out tonight yeah. we expect to hit 11 different clubs in the next three hours and yeah. like you just get to one place and they're like there's 18 other places we got to get to <laughs> yeah Small town guys are like, I want to go somewhere and just set up. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, let it come to me. Exactly. And I mean, maybe it is because I'm a small town guy, but I mean, when 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 it go to the pint, um, there's usually ten other guys there from the Oilers. So I mean, um, they must like it too. So it's not just a small town. And I like guys. I like oh, yeah. knowing who the staff are. I like that like we've gone to games together. I know Rick's watching over everything. Thankfully, like I like knowing who everybody is. Whereas like if you're in Vegas, like sure yeah. you can get into Hakkasan if you've got the cup. Yeah. But, like no one's really gonna care all that much. Yeah. Like, Tiesto <laughs> just walked by or something. Yeah. <laughs> I I uh, I want to bring up two things. We're really on a pint rant here, but whatever. We yeah. pint, <laughs> We're getting fine. awesome organic advertising. Okay, exactly. Today. Can I just so, say, Brandon Davidson, are, you do a good job. Well, it's, you guys are it's, partners it's, with Pint yeah. <laughs> well, well, it's about talking about lifestyle and, you know, just, you know. It's about partying after games. Yeah, it's just talking about living in Edmonton. So there's two things. One's a story and one's something I'm very envious about. So I don't like, like, obviously, like, I'm a fan of hockey, a fan of hockey players. Like, obviously, like, holy shit, these guys have the talent to make it. You know, I wish I could have. But I also respect, you know, the fact that they, you know, did the work and all that stuff. So I always have a lot of respect and, you know, some, some, some mild envy for that. But what I'm really envious for, and this applies to you, is when you go into the pint, you've got your jersey on the wall. That is fucking high praise. I, I mean, yeah, I think it's the fucking coolest thing ever. My, yeah. <laughs> like, I see that. I'm like, how the fuck? My, our jaws fuck? dropped. We're like, oh, my God, he did it. Yeah, on the wall. I have zero piece of real estate on that on that in that bar, and I've put in some fucking hours. (laughs) Same, (laughs) but yeah, yeah, you're probably more than me. (laughs) We came in there like what was our peak pint years? Twelve through fifteen till sixteen. No, probably ten through fifteen. We come in one day and Rick's like, you got to come see this. And we went around the corner and they'd put the Oilers Nation logo above where we stood for four years straight looking at everything going on. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is unbelievable. And then Team Guts got his retired Team Canada jersey, worked for the company. Yep. And then you. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, every, I, I go in there and I look at it every time. I make sure, like, you know, just a little glance or whatever and yeah. see yeah. it. And I'm like, I'm proud. Yeah. Um, You're a legend in the streets. Right? And yeah. I, I know it's like a, just a jersey in a bar, but... Um, 
it's just one of those things that I just love seeing every just time. Just got to make it, sure Rick's shining it up. Make yeah. sure. Well, oh, don't worry. Good. Rick's making sure he's shining sure it up. Yeah, dude. It's your jersey <laughs> in <laughs> your bar. Yeah. Hundreds of thousands of people stand there having the time of their lives, oh. and your jersey's looking down. That's hood legend status. Oh, God, Look. I love it. Sight <laughs> is institution. And now I want to lead to my story. Uh, you will not remember this, or maybe you will. Um, it no, obviously involves a pint because all roads lead there, especially in Edmonton. Uh, we had a we had a nation uh, party there because we we're, were showing a game, and I think you were hurt, and you, and and so I don't think like none of the team came out, but like you were hurt, you weren't playing, so you were there, and we had Goat and the boys from Utah. Oh, oh giant yeah, dudes. yeah, there, right? And I saw, I, I saw, I saw you at the bar, and I'm like, oh fuck, like. These guys like flew all the way from Utah, Super not to Oilers go, to, not to yeah. go to the game, but to come to our party at the Pint. <laughs> they flew <laughs> in from Utah, game. right? So they like, tell us this. We're like, "Holy fuck!" And the guy's literal name is Goat Beauty. Like these, they're yeah. fucking these they're like, nine feet tall, nine feet tall. Oilers tattoos, Oilers yeah, tattoos, tattoos, like fucking diehards. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I see, I see it at the bar, and it's, it's kind of empty in the back. And I just came up, "Hey man, like we got these guys from Utah here. They travel just to watch the game, like." Would you mind just saying hi to him? Like, I didn't even tell him I was doing this. And then you're like, hey, man, I'm just a guy from Tabor. Like, I'd be like, I'm just happy to be here. Like, of course I'm going to talk to him. Like, literally just like super humble. I was like, that's why your jersey's on the wall. And I was like, I'm like, fuck, this is just a really good dude. Yeah. Uh, well, I appreciate that. And I mean, uh, just the way, you know, I was raised. And I think that, uh, you know, my dad would kick my ass if I was any other way. So, <laughs> so when you go, it's nice to hear good people or when people say good things like that. For oh, sure, yeah, no, that, you're, that, play, that's you're playing in Long Island. You're playing in Montreal. These places are a little different. And uh, when you go out here, we clearly know what it's all about. But when you go out there, like in Montreal, probably was the same thing. Correct. In New York, was it just like people being excited to see people you being excited like, to see oh, you? Yeah, kind oh, of yeah like, for sure. Like, Montreal had you know, a lot of a lot of everybody's a fan. Everybody knew he. You go Montreal. out in Edmonton after a Tuesday night game, and there's probably you and five people you came with, and maybe two other people in the place. But like, what was it like going out in Montreal and in New York after games, or even just not like just whenever? Oh, I mean, what was it like? Well, I mean, in Montreal and New York, it's um, the bigger cities, especially New York. Um, Montreal, you'd get um, people who really harass you about the games and they really want to tell you their opinion and, and you know, what you should do, what the coach should do. But in Edmonton, I feel like it was when we went out, it was just people just wanted to have fun. They really just wanted to meet you. They didn't want to ruin your night or anything like that. They're really genuine people. And um, in Montreal, I felt like, um, you know, Everybody was a general manager, and and, and worse he, than Edmonton because we get the rap for that here like crazy, right? Oh, I mean, yeah, you guys get it like crazy here in Edmonton, oh, yeah. and I mean, um, it's it's not like that. It's di- it's different in Montreal. It's a different beast there. Is it? Yeah, in New York, nobody gives a fuck. For you yeah. guys, <laughs> for you guys on the other side of the coin, you're having some random asshole come up like, oh, I would have dumped it in earlier there or whatever. How, do you guys kind of laugh about that stuff? How do you treat it? Yeah, I mean, you have to. You just none of that stuff. Like you, you I. For myself, I genuinely like to be um, polite when people ask me questions and stuff, and I'll give an honest, honest answer if I can. But like, I'll never get too in depth, and I'll never get going with, with a fan too much because it's just not worth it. <laughs> it's like social and media I, in real life. And I mean, half the time you meet two and you're out and you meet people, they're fucking wasted. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, and you can get stuck in a conversation for a long time about something. Yeah. The next thing you know, you ask them, "Well, what'd you think about this play that I did?" You're never going to do that. Yeah, exactly. And God, so, there's like, no point in it. And, and I, when I go out to it's it's not that I, um, I'm 
I don't know, what do you want to say, hide from those people or anything like that? Because I, I do en enjoy actually having a conversation with, with, um, with whoever. Um, but, um, you know, when, when, we, when we talk about places like where we like to go out to Edmonton, uh, we talk about places where we can kind of be left alone. Like, we honestly, we just want to have a beer and we just want to hang out. And, yeah, some nights we want to party and stuff. But for the most part, we're like, we play 82 games a year. It's yeah. not like we're partying all the time. No, no. it's a long season. Yeah. No. So I just want to go have a couple of beers and head home. I don't want to sit there and talk about the game because I already got the coach screaming at me. I don't want these guys oh, yeah. screaming at me. <laughs> no, it's supposed to be a release. Like, just, to, yeah, exactly. Get away from it. That was what was the best, though, about, like, 2010 through 2014 like at the start of the hall everly air it's like those guys were like where's the busiest nightclub in town <laughs> put me in the middle of it and people would lose their shit like i remember being at the ranch and oh, yeah. taylor hall walked in and you just thought that bieber walked in like people were like didn't know what to do and like people were running around like it's there's like famous right yeah and i think there's like edmonton oilers february 12th famous right when you're an active oiler like People, I think, I think it's it's certainly annoying to some degree. Yeah. When you look back, when you're like 45, yep. you're gonna be like, oh, oh man, when I was like 23, I'd go to the bar and there'd be like people freaking out, grabbing things to sign. <laughs> like that's like when you look back and it, it'll be a cool. Oh experience. yeah, for sure. And I mean, I would never take anything away from those guys. Like yeah, they they did they did it their way and I do it my way. But they were like 18. Like mean, you were a little bit oh, older yeah. at least, right? Like they were 18, first pick. Yeah, what's up? Sure. Like Taylor Hall had I mean, I, helicopters yeah, flying over. I mean, him. I don't know that pressure too. Those guys were like, you know, I'm just a little guy. Those guys were the big guys, yeah. right? And I mean, um, who would have known? Who who could ever judge them for how they did the, did that? Because well, they were bad. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, but they were Hollywood stars. Oh yeah, they loved it. They enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> they enjoyed it. Just, I enjoyed too. Honestly, like I enjoy going out, and I, I love when people um, uh, acknowledge who I am, um, and I really take pride in that. I just, I just, I love it. I love my people. Yeah, you worked hard and, for that, and and I and I give everybody the time of day, and it, it's honestly. Um, I never disrespect anybody until they disrespect me, and that's just kind of how lights it is. out. Yeah. And after that, it's just, I got no problem walking away. <laughs> <laughs> Game over. Yeah. So you're coming up and you're the underdog throughout your career. But at some point in your junior career, you have a moment, or maybe it's after you've been drafted, or but where it's like, you know what? The pipe dream of making the NHL, where me and all my little buddies used to talk about when we're little, I think this is actually going to happen for me. Do you remember when that moment was for you in your career? Yeah. Um, I think uh, when I was playing in Regina, um, I don't think I had that moment yet. I think it took me all the way till um, I got signed um, actually on the last day of um, eligibility. And, and the Oilers signed me to a contract that would, uh, a three-year entry-level deal that would send me to Oklahoma City and I could hone my game there. Um, and so I, I honestly, I, I knew I was, I was sitting pretty, but I didn't know like, hey, I'm like, you know, this is actually going to happen kind of thing because I knew there was a lot of work left and I knew how hard it was. And so when I started playing Oklahoma City um, my first season, um, I just um, I just had been diagnosed with testicular cancer right before even the season started. I think it was October 1st. That's crazy. You're so young. I know, right? But that's, 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 that's the prime time for like that um, cancer to attack uh, Is uh, it really? Males. Yeah. Oh, yeah. From your young 20s, uh, young 20s, all the way to 30s. After you're like older, it doesn't really... Statistically, it doesn't really get you past that age. Really? Because just... you're never getting laid anymore, Chalmers. Your beans are like, whatever. <laughs> I know. I'm never touching it. The only I'm time gonna... I touch them is when I'm wiping them. I'm going to chill. <laughs> I don't need to get no cancer. Yeah. So, I mean, um, so I'd just gone through that whole ordeal. It took me like six months. I did um, 
I had to, I had to remove one of my testicles. I, took, I don't get one. Yeah, yeah. Hey, just like Lance Armstrong. Oh, I, uh, whatever. Just, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> elite club. Yeah. Exactly. Elite. Elite. Yeah. And so they, I did that. I did the chemotherapy, and um, I remember I was sicker than a dog, and like I just, I just, I thought it was over. Like I just, I, I, I just, I couldn't imagine uh, how hard it was going to be to like get back there, and. Um, I finally started to get a little healthy and I finally started to work out and I just, um, I really just wanted this more than anything. I felt like I had a new twist on life and like life was too short and that like, you got to go for it. Like shoot or shoot, you got to go for it. And it was just like, um, in my head, it was just like, boom, um, I'm going to do this. And it wasn't matter if I was going to do it. I knew I was going to do it. And every day I went in, and every day was a purpose. Every second was a purpose. And I had a lot of fun, but um, I was also pretty serious about it too. And so, I mean, um, I was going to put everything I had into it. And I knew, like, with my work ethic, I knew that I, that I could do it. And I was just like um, – and, and then when I finally did get that first game, I, um, I didn't cry. But uh, there was a tear or two because for it just sure. was – it was a, um, a traumatizing um, – year for me with with the cancer and stuff and i i finally was able to just really take it all in and and just you know one of those moments everybody says hey you can put your mind to it you can you can do anything well i actually did it and it was there was no better feeling people who are like super successful when they do studies of them oftentimes they'll have like a near-death experience right for the exact reasons that you mentioned. Like, I wonder if you hadn't had that happen to you, if yeah. you would have necessarily had the fire lit under you. And I've thought about that too. Right? Like, like the percentage of people who are in prison for murder who don't have a father in their life, but are also president of the United States, it's the same percentage of people who don't have a dad in their life. Oh, wow. Presidents of people in jail. And people who have really traumatic shit happen to them, yeah. oftentimes are like, you know what? Just what you described to a textbook degree, right? Like yeah. life's too short. I'm yeah. not going to go out tonight. I'm not going to party. I'm going to buckle down and follow my dreams. You're not going to regret shit later on because you realize life's super short. Yeah. Right? And I mean, it's funny how that um, takes people to that extreme to kind of realize that. But, um, you know, life's too short. <laughs> I think of a guy like Colton Tubert, right? And he's like a pretty hard go of like his family's health scares and yeah. shit when he's done, right? And I think like he was kind of a brash guy, right? I remember when he came in, he's like, I'm the shit around here, everybody. And like, you know, okay, but it didn't really go to plan. And then he had to like retire early and then he had lots of problems. Like I think a guy like that who's had like that kind of arc versus you who had it early and have continued to rise above it. Like you have the exact right mental makeup for a guy who'll play till he's like 37 if he wanted to because oh, you understand so. what it takes, right? Like you understand why like, it matters. You're not taking anything for granted. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Do you remember kind of the moment when you got the call like tonight's the night, game one? Yeah, actually. Um, the Chia letter you said you wanted to talk about, your Chirelli letter. The trolley letter. Oh, oh yeah, right. that was that was that was the moment when I realized that I finally made it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, okay. Let me take you back then. Um, so um, I'm going into my um, third third season or third camp with the Oilers. I'd already, um, or sorry, my fourth. I already played three years in Oklahoma City, and um, I had um, I worked my butt off, and I realized that. Um, um, you know, this is it. And, and actually, the previous season, I played I played six games, call-ups at the end of the year. And I just – I felt like that was just a taste. And, like, you know, they, I know they do that to lots of guys to see if they, they can make it. But um, that wasn't the moment when I realized, like, hey, like, this is – like, this is this is it. I did it. Um, it, it was the next season when I went to um, – or when I went into camp and I was living at the Weston Hotel. And uh, 
you know, I, I never expected to make it. I kind of looked down the list and I seen the one way contracts. You kind of do the math and, and I knew where I was kind of thing. And I just, um, it was just like, it was just like the same, same situation when I went, went into the Pats. I was just like, okay, just, just bury your head and just, just work hard, see what happens. And, and I buried my head and, and I made it out of camp and I was still there. So I'm still holding on flying by the seat of my pants. And, you know, we get into the season and we start playing some, some games and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I know, like, there's, like, you know, first 10 games of the season, they send guys down all the time. And, you know, you got to feel yourself out. And um, I I never looked a day ahead. I honestly just, like, literally woke up and and, and kind of lived in the moment. And uh, we, I, we start, I started to do well, actually. I started to exceed um, my own expectations and um, – and, you know, months kind of went by, and it was like, okay, okay, like, I think I'm here to stay. Like, this is, this is me. This is it. Like, I, 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 but I, I never felt that security. Like, you know, I always kind of dealt myself, and I am a little hard on myself. Um, actually, you've asked my old man. He would tell you the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we finally, um, finally, we were just practicing one day. It was three months. I'd been living in the Weston Hotel for three months. That's a baller thing, though. Oh, <laughs> Weston Hotel Davidson, for yes, three I believe months? you remember me from every day from the last uh, 90. And I knew Nucky all the Thompson. cleaning ladies. Where do you air your equipment out? Oh, you'll probably do that back. <laughs> I, I knew all the cleaning ladies. Well, in Regina, he, was, he went to go see at a hotel. He must have had to do that with his dad, right? Air it out in the balcony? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, okay. oh, no, no. I WHL, they used to keep the yeah, gear in the room. They kept it, too? Yeah, I kept it, too. I don't know. I played fucking Bantam Triple A Double A. Don't worry about it. So yeah, I mean, I knew every I knew every cleaning lady by first name. That's like, funny. I was I knew all the front desk guys, and and I mean, I give them tickets to the hockey games too. Some of these people never been to a hockey game. Biggest fans you'd ever meet, never been to a hockey game. And I mean, I got two tickets every night is what they give us, and so I'm giving them the cleaning ladies and, and the guys. Fuck you're a good desk, dude. Oh my and they're god. Like, oh my god. I'm I swooning still, over I Brandon Davidson. I still have you got numbers. all kinds of mints on the chalk on the on the pillow for those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, just like <laughs> handfuls of they're chocolate going down. On there. <laughs> A lot of, a lot of, of housekeeping at one in the morning. Yeah. Hey, get yourself together. Sorry. I was getting sick of that, though. I mean, like, it was, I met some really good people. I had an awesome time. It was just, I was just, I was just on this ride, on this journey. And I was at practice one day, and I'm, I'm literally halfway through practice, and, and Peter's standing at the, at the doorway of the gate, and he's, he waves me over. During practice? During practice, oh, yeah. Good. Half, halfway oh, through. Sign. Perfect. <laughs> uh-oh. And Are you freaking out a little bit? Yeah, oh yeah, I thought I was sent down. Like I, I was like, oh, this can't be good. Never, like the last time with the GM. So I just, think, I think the better. Just for like a guy like me who doesn't know a thing, what's the tiers of like the worst case scenario? The top is like you've been traded, maybe, or uh, second is what's the, the worst is obviously you've been. Sent I was down. worried about getting sent down. That was like my that was only that's thought. the worst one. Yeah, that's the only okay. thing I really had in my head. I never really thought about getting traded. I just my worst fear was like. You know, I just, I couldn't cut it. Like, I just, I couldn't make it. And, like, after everything, I just, I, I just, I didn't want that to happen. So it was, like, my biggest fear in the back of my mind. And so when he calls me over, oh, God, you can imagine how I was feeling. Yeah. <laughs> he calls me over and he, he says, um, I, I, I actually, I can't repeat exactly what he said just because I can't remember. <laughs> but um, he gave me, um, he gave me a piece of paper and he said, congratulations. Um, and uh, I remember I, I didn't cry. <laughs> I didn't. Boy, Brandon. I'm about to. But nice. But Feel he, good. He shook my hand and he said, "Congratulations." He said, "You earned it." And he walked away, and I, I, I just knew. I knew I was staying. I knew, I knew I was here. And um, 
like very next day I went and looked or actually not the very next day, literally like an hour after practice, I was like surfing houses because I wanted to get out of the goddamn Weston. <laughs> <laughs> so what's it say in the piece of paper? Like you are an oiler. It's, signed literally, Peter. it's literally like a letter. You have to get the letter in order to get like um, um, a living um, space because if you go and get um, like a house, apartment, condo, whatever, yeah. and, and you don't have that letter, um, and you get sent down, you have to take care of that apartment kind of thing. And it's different when you're making $60,000 too. Oh, for sure. $700,000. So the letter allows you to what? The letter just allows you to get an apartment. And that basically, it, it really doesn't. Um, um, Is it like not having to sign like a full term lease? Like it's basically saying like, I'm going to have this apartment, but if I get... If, if I something gets, happens, if, yeah. the team I'm covers. allowed out of it. Yeah, the team covers. That's basically the team what it is. It. Oh, okay, so yeah, so like, like we got your back. It's now. not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not really a letter that's saying like you made it, but it's just like subconsciously, um, every hockey player knows like when you get that letter, it's like it's a little sigh of relief. Like it's like, ugh, I can get a house, you know? Interesting. And so like maybe that's something most people actually don't know, but like that letter was everything to me. The housing oh, letter. Sure. I've never yeah. heard of this. Do you still life. have it? Um. Uh, oof, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm kind of curious, even just in the sense that he gave it to you mid-practice. Do you kind of tuck it in your skate there for yeah. a minute? Well, or thank you, you leave Peter. I have a briefcase on the bench. I'll just put this <laughs> yeah, over here. Seriously, I don't even. I don't even know what I did with it. I was so excited. I remember I got off the ice and called my dad, and and I just said I did it. And um, I remember my dad broke down, and it was just um, it was one of those moments that I just like. Even now, I'm not going to cry. Um, but uh, one of those moments where it's just like my dad knew how bad I wanted this. And like every day it was like mentally exhausting for him just as much as it was for me. Um, and so like I got to share that with him and it was just like beyond special. And so when I when I told him that on the phone, he literally was just all tears. He could barely talk. He was just like, yeah, you did it. You did it. It's cool, I think, because like if you're a, like a doctor, we'll say, right? You don't really have necessarily like you have your graduation, but you don't really have like the "I did it" moment, right? Yeah. And I think like if you're an athlete, there's so many like epic, epic moments in your career, and oftentimes you're really young and don't really understand. Like Taylor Hall at 19 doesn't have like the process, like the frame of mind to understand what he's going to be thinking about when he's 50, right? But yeah. like to be able to call your parent up and be like, "That thing we've been working on together since yeah. I was six, it's now here." Exactly. Right. And there's no better, like, I don't even know how you'd even replicate that because, like, there's no better, like, yeah, it takes everybody. It takes a family. It takes, Maybe if you're, like, brothers. elected a politician, you could yeah. stand there and say, I did it. But there are like, very few careers have, like, a moment where it, like, yep. flips like that, right? Yeah. Where it's, like, either on or off. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's so many intangibles that can happen with being a professional athlete that, like, you might just not get there where if you're going to be a doctor – yeah, you just got to be the smartest guy in the room. Yeah. You know, where this, there's just so many things that can stop you from that. And it was just, just very special. Was there any guys that you can think of when you're growing up? You're like, for sure, that guy's going to make it. And then something like an injury or something like that. You always have them sort of in the back of your mind. Like, remember that guy when we were in, in the Pats and he was unreal and then he got freight trained by a guy and then we didn't see him again. Like, did you have any freakish talents that you think, I wonder what would have happened to this guy if he'd played on? No, no, I don't. I not like no, I have bantam to think, or anything. I have to think about that um, um, more closely. But I just um, what about a guy like Yak, Yakupov? Yeah, like to me, like that guy came in. I was like, oh my god, it's Pavel Bure. Yeah. This is gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when he was playing with uh, what is it, Stings? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah Sarnia. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I watched, I watched him play there, and I was like, yeah, this guy's. 
going to be special kind of thing. But when I got to the Oilers, um, he's already been, he'd already played a year, I believe. Yeah. And so I'd, I got to see the tendencies over a little while. And I like to think that I have a good hockey mind and I just didn't see it. Yeah. So, um, and not to knock Yak at all because he's actually a great human being. Awesome guy. Awesome guy. Tremendous person. Like good Giving homeless people money. Like unbelievable. Never hear this kind of thing. Yeah. And and I just I wish better for him, but yeah, I just I just feel like it just didn't work out for him, you know? Sometimes that doesn't it doesn't. I felt bad for him because we were laughing earlier about having a lot of head coaches and stuff like that. But like if you have to move here from you're literally plucked out of the Urals of Russia. Yeah. And yes, you came to Sarnia. We were like, oh man, he's playing in Sarnia. He's getting ready for North American life. Like to do it even younger, you're nervous being in uh, a junior. Yeah. Being sent. Imagine being Yak I've, and you're over here and you're a little bit <laughs> yeah. on top of everything else. Like the fact that he had that many coaches that, in that long of time. Yeah. I mean, how hard would that be for, for a Russian kid to just come over here and, and just, you know, really excel in like a, a, a different country and i mean the not alone or let alone the language barrier it's just it's different culture it's different life and and um but for those guys to come over here and to do all that like i don't know how they do it i think about now in my career if i had to go to russia right now i don't know one word in russia or russian right. and um um it just would be extremely hard well, like, imagine you're 18 and then imagine there's like a marching band waiting at the airport like we were for yeah yeah exactly <laughs> help right oh yeah. man the pressure on that kid must have been and and he's like i mean colorado st louis and stuff he did he did well and stuff and now he's gonna play in russia again and, and i bet you he'll be great yeah and i bet you he will too well he signed with ska right like the, the like the yeah. team in russia yeah. yeah so i mean but also like too remember like i mean you would remember but like doesn't drink he's muslim like the yeah. oilers have no idea how to handle this remember when they showed him in the stands praying and everybody's like ooh, mystic and like no one knew what to make of this kid right yeah they showed him hockey night in canada like having a prayer in the stands like it was so cool and then that just all went away you yeah, never is, heard about any of that stuff, yeah. as they tried to fit a square peg into a round hole. Yeah, it is at, kind of funny how they do that, eh? Yeah. By any means necessary, like you're going to need to look like everybody else in the in the, in the robot this, line. Yeah, here's this nice kid, you know, just praying for whatever reason, um, you know, just doing him, um, and, and you know, he gets ostracized for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Here, hold on. Can we take a break? Because I didn't take of a course. break. I don't know what I'm doing. Have you got holes to dig, earth to pack, and roads to build? Then you need to call Jabba Machinery Group. Does your equipment need a service? Yeah, can't fix stupid, but here at Jappa Machinery Group, we can fix everything else. With a full range of parts to keep your equipment running smoothly, Jappa Machinery Group is a family-operated and Alberta-grown business. Here to help build a bigger and better Western Canada. Give us a call or visit us at jappamachinery.com. Jappa Machinery Group. Join the family. We're back, Real Life Podcast. We're sitting down with Brandon Davidson. We're having a chat. We're having a good time. This is a good episode. This is way better than the episode than the one we accidentally deleted. This is way better than that episode <laughs> that we accidentally episodes. deleted. And this episode is brought to you by our friends at Jap Equipment. So before the break, Bag Milk was about to ask a question. We're going to delete all that stuff, and we're going to go back, and no one's even going to know because of the magic of the internet and computers. You didn't even know I was going to ask a question. What? What year is this? We talked a lot about different coaches coming in, and I'm curious how it affects the players in the systems. Like, if you have five, six, four, five, six coaches in a row, how does that affect you guys that are actually trying to play the game? Yeah, I, I, uh, I really don't know, but here's my bit on it. Um, there's certain um, people in, in the development um, side of the hockey world 
that were kept in place through all those coaches. So, I mean, um, for me, uh, Billy Moore's was one of the guys that, um, that really, um, you know, stuck his neck out for me and one of those guys that um, helped a lot of players kind of get to the NHL. And so when they were changing coaches, yeah, I think that has um, a lot to do with who's going to come and play and, and, and because they're going to change their style. And every time they change their style of play, it changes what kind of players are going to be able to get up there and play that kind of style because – I, I can't toe drag and, and play. <laughs> I don't know way. about that. I've seen you toe drag. You do a damn uh, fine job. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, there's different types of players, and I think coaches kind of um, definitely have their guys. So, in an ideal world, I think, you know, you'd want to keep the same coach, and you'd all want to keep on the same page so you can keep developing at the same rate. And um, with all those changes, I think it definitely factors into um, the development of the players in the minor leagues. And, and, and maybe that did factor into it because, um, I didn't. I don't remember a whole lot of guys coming out of those teams that that I played with, other than um, guys like Tyler Pitlick and Brad Hunt. So you're uh, talking about the teams when you're playing down in OKC. Yeah, down in OKC because sorry, yeah, they were cycling guys up and down. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so I mean, yeah, I mean. Yeah. Well, it's better than the years we didn't have a farm team and we split our farm team with <laughs> Iowa. And Jeff Delorier was like, "Why don't I just go be an usher at the games? Because you know the coach isn't going to play me for shit." Oh God, son of a bitch! Yeah. How was playing OKC? Was the city cool? Yeah, I loved OKC. That yeah. was some of my um, fondest memories for sure. Um, Todd Nelson was the coach there, and he obviously did a great job. And we kind of touched on that yeah, a little yeah. bit. Um, but the players I played with and, and the experience that I had, like, I was just this young kid. And, like, yeah, I played um, WHL and stuff. But, like, they have, like, billets that take care of us and, like, um, um, make us meals. And, and they're really, they really are beautiful, life-saving people. <laughs> but, like, finally get to go pro and, and you get to, like, experience life a little bit. And I think that, um, you know, is my um, – is my first um, experience of life. Like I got to live on my own and, and, you know, I had to look after myself and, and, and we just, we won hockey games and, and it was just um, some of the funnest memories that I really have. And I mean, we did well too. We made it to two conference yeah, finals. For sure. and, um, we were gnashing our teeth up here being like, why the hell is yeah. OKC so good? Yeah, exactly. and we have to watch this tire fire yeah. night in and night out. Yeah. Bring up OKC. <laughs> we were spazzing about bringing up Robbie yeah. Shrimp and everybody else. Yeah. I mean, we had the lockout one year too, so yeah. we had all those yeah. guys oh, down Yeah, there I wanted well. to bring that up. Like, how was that? Like, that's that like must have been like a dream team. Yeah. Yeah. Justin Schultz was team. phenomenal down yeah. there. Oh my, he, he lead the league in points? I think he still won. In a, like, he only played like maybe 40 games, and he still won top defenseman for scoring or whatever. I thought he actually scored the most points. He was leading the AHL. AHL, not just the yeah. defenseman, the yeah. AHL. Yeah, while he was there. In the lockout. Yeah. And still held on to defensive scoring lead. Fuck. Nuts. It's absolutely nuts. But so yeah. like an all-star team, That basically. team was an all-star team. Yeah. And I, you'd think that every, when everybody else filters down to their team, like it would just basically be the NHL in, in, in the minor leagues. But There's all those rookies. It was – we just like had a bunch of young talent and like the guys that went over and played like in Europe and stuff um, went there. And it was just like – it was almost like um, – like Team North America that was at like uh, yeah. at Worlds like it was just some young guys Reed, Abs when you saw each other in OKC like hey buddy yeah. it's just like uh, back uh, in the oh, day I can't believe me and Abs like ran, run into each other all the time like run each other in Regina yeah. in Edmonton now uh, Long Island like it's just it's never ending Everybody I can't, can't, can't get rid of that guy <laughs> you, but you know what it is it's people looking back to your junior days and being like look at that Davidson he used oh, to yeah. feed Abs <laughs> the puck and get 40 points on yeah, the ring if only they do it again yeah, <laughs> we'll bring him to the aisle they'll do it there too who do I gotta talk to let's check that out <laughs> now uh, I got to bring it back to Junior. Uh, I forgot to disclose this at the beginning of the podcast, but I am a Moose Jaw Warriors fan. Yeah. 
Oh. The Smitty Warriors jersey. We got the Smitty Warriors jersey. Oh, my okay, uh, my good friend played for them for for four years. Uh, so and I've got a lot of family in Moose Jaw, so like strong connection, which is fine. Um, tell me, because you had the opportunity to play in the Crush Can. Yeah. Uh, was the rivalry still strong uh, during that time when yes. you were playing? Yes. Yes. And how was it in the Crush Can? I played in the Crush Can and in the New Hockey Rink. I, I forget the name of that one. Yeah, Mosaic. Mosaic. Yeah. Um, but Everything's Mosaic now in Saskatchewan. Yeah. Crush Mosaic can. Owns Most of my stories are Crush Can anyways. <laughs> but yeah, I remember going in there and, and basically being scared shitless. It was an all-out madhouse. Like I just couldn't believe like these were human beings in there. Because they just they loved hockey. They had a passion for it and it was very admirable. Like it just it was a hockey city. And I remember they just how small the hockey rink was and, and for us to leave even our dressing room to get onto the ice, they have like people lined up yep. and like roped <laughs> off. And like they can literally grab our jerseys, dump beer on us, do whatever. And and they did. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. they did. And I honestly I loved it. I didn't expect anything else. Like I love I love that part. The fans are in it. They're here to watch, and it's it's an all-out war. It kind of reminds me of old-school hockey. Like, oh, yeah, it was old-school hockey. That yeah. sign there, contents left at owner's risk, I stole it off the wall of the crush can. They're knocking it down. Oh, really? So I, they, Jay was playing the uh, last men's league game ever. I played the last like ice sheet available in Moose Jaw. I went oh, across wow. the street to Canadian Tire, stole, or stole, bought a drill, <laughs> stole that off the wall. <laughs> It was a throwback, right? Like it was. It, oh yeah. It's it's. I mean, hand painted wooden signs, right? Oh. Like that's. And they just they just used to have good teams too, and I mean they still do have good teams. But I mean, when I was going through that era and I got to experience it, like they had like, it was a heavy hitting hard hockey team, and and I mean mixed in with the fans and the, like, the aggression of our nature of hockey, it just was like. It just was like this war zone, and I, I tell you a story. Actually, one time I got in a fight. It actually was a line brawl, so like we're all going, and we got five guys put in the box. And there's this guy with a big mohawk, and he sits behind the bench um, every game. In the jaw. In the jaw. Yeah. He sits, or not behind the bench, behind the penalty box. And I remember he was, um, he's just yelling at us through the crack of the crack of the window, like putting his lips against it, so he's yelling at us. And I won't repeat what he said because it was not so nice. But I remember I took my water bottle and I sprayed him right <laughs> to the crack. Wrong move. Wrong move. But anyways, he, he decides to come over the glass and dump dump oh no dump beer on us like crazy. And I, I see the security guards coming over and I know I know those guys are gonna leave. And so I'm like, I'm just waving at him, I'm yelling at him, bye bye. And they're like they're like, What's gonna go on? What's going on? kind of thing. And I'm like, bye bye. And I point at these guys and they look over and they're like, Oh shit, they're coming to get us. And the whole time they're running away, it felt like I won, but <laughs> I don't I don't remember winning too many too, too many games at the crush can, honestly. It was just it was a lot of fun. How many scraps you won? Do you scrap a lot or no? Um, not a whole lot in junior, maybe like eight times. Uh, you scrapped in the WHL seven times, according to HockeyFights.com. Oh, HockeyFights.com. That was good. Property of the how Nation about in the, How about in the NHL? How many times? HL maybe, oof, maybe five times, six times. Do you remember your first one? In the HL? No, no, in the NHL. Oh, in the NHL? Yeah, I've only got one. <laughs> oh, so you remember it for sure? Then <laughs> you only fought one time in the NHL. Yeah. Who'd you fight? Ottawa. Um, Zach Smith. Zach Smith. He's a big boy. Oh yeah. Honestly, oh yeah. What were you doing what the that hell? for? Honestly, we we just both took a minute and a half shift and I we kind of got just tangled up in the corner. The play is already gone like out of our zone in the neutral zone and we're still in my defensive Ooh, zone. He, he forechecked too hard. Yeah. On a maybe a Nothing borderline like, icing call maybe yeah. or something. Nothing like scrapping at the end of the shift, Oh, eh? and it is like we're a minute and a half in and I'm like I'm like, oh, maybe I can beat him because he was out there a minute and a half too. <laughs> <laughs> How'd it go? Uh, good, actually. It was basically a draw. I mean, 
When I say good, it's because I didn't get my ass kicked. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's downside. good. <laughs> There's some downside risk. Yeah. yeah. If I but take I mean, less than 10 in a fight, that's good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we both took some, both gave some, and I mean, it was a meaningless fight. Like, it wasn't. It's it's different when you fight and, you know, there's, like, literally anger and aggression and, and maybe there's, like, a purpose to it, like you're trying to swing a hockey game. Well, that fight just wasn't that. It was just two meatheads fighting. <laughs> <laughs> Did you think about, and this is me, just I'm a salty Oilers fan. What about the Salufa from Kachuk on you? Uh... Like, was that one of those ones, like, I was just – Man, did I want either someone? Well, first, I wanted you to tune him up before I, we found out you were hurt. Was that like something in your mind where when you come back, you're going to do him up because he deserved it? I mean, everybody expected me to do that. Um, everybody expected me to, um, when I came back, to just, we were going to fight. Like, that was what was going to happen. But truth be told, when I came back, I'm not 100% either, right? Like, I'm still working through a few things. Like, that was a big injury for me. For sure. And so for me to get in a fight, it might have ended up being worse for me and so um obviously that that play was completely um stupid and arrogant and and it should have been dealt with i think a lot better because um the guy didn't even get a game for it i mean yeah. it's 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 clearly after the whistle there's video Dirty play there's video yeah. replay and it was I a just, dark day around Little Brick when that happened to I, you bullshit we play. and there wasn't there wasn't even a stink about it like i just felt like there should have been and, and I know guys say this, like, oh, if it was Sidney Crosby, it would have been a big deal. But, like, um, you have to protect everybody. Yeah, and it shouldn't yeah. matter. That, that kid went on to excel his career and when, when he put mine in the other direction. Yeah. And so, I mean, that hurts a lot. And, I mean, maybe one day um, me and him will settle up. Yeah. Oh, you will. I was going to ask, is he on the list? Oh, like, you'll, is this you'll be maybe, maybe we will. It's but, funny how shit works. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, that sticks out in my mind, and I feel like, you know, I own one. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. You own one or more. Yeah, dude, I just watched the Zach Smith fight with you. Oh, yeah, that dude is huge, and it was. <laughs> you know so what smart. he got mad about? You guys went into the corner. Everybody going to hockey fights and watch this. But you went into the corner, and you guys just were mucking. And then you got on top of him, and then he kind of like helped you up, like to go, that kind of threw you up. Oh, that's nice. But, no, not so good. Because <laughs> well, then when nice he tried to get up, <laughs> Brandon put him back I down. I dumped him, yeah. And yeah, that's what he didn't like so much. And then a little high stick to the face, and then it was on. <laughs> <laughs> that's a hockey play. That's yeah, a great that's fight. A, that's a hockey play. <laughs> when we do the article for this, we'll put that in. Yeah, I really enjoy that fight. <laughs> that's good. That's great. I did, Now, talking about if it happened to Sidney Crosby, it wouldn't be like that. I'm sure that you don't want to talk about this. It'd be like... People who like the other Jacksons not wanting to talk about Michael after a while. Yeah. They're like, hey man, just let me be Randy. I don't want to talk about Michael. I have to ask because yes. I love Connor McDavid Please. more than I could love another human being. Oh, I've got questions. Talk to me. Or did he come in one day with like, you know, did something amazing, like walking into the arena? Did he do like a backflip when he walked in the room? He's like, I'm here, everybody. Connor I'm sorry, McDavid. but did you did you see him in the in the last Instagram photo with him and Darnell Nurse and they're walking and they got hashtag camp shirts on? Oh yeah. yeah. Darnell Nurse looks like he is a quarterback of a football team, and Connor McDavid looks like he's asking him yeah. for an autograph. Yeah. So. Darnell's Keep that filling picture in, in mind. Yeah, and he's then filling in. Go ahead. Are you the straight Darnell, dirty, no, yeah, Charles? I did see that picture. I don't want just, you I'm just, just saying yeah. Instagram to me when Brandon yeah. Davidson, who showered with Connor McDavid at least 200 <laughs> times by my math, who has a wealth of knowledge. No. Because the, like, year, the year you got the letter and you made the squad was his first season, was it not? 
Um, no, I believe that was the next season. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. yeah you were you Apologies. were one year in when he came in. Yeah, I was already one year in. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, like the circus. Oh, no, we didn't walk in and like <laughs> Connor McDavid is here. <laughs> Let me <laughs> save you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, not like that at all. That kid is just um, so down to earth, and he's like he's way ahead of his time. And so when he came in, um, he kind of um, he kept to himself. Like he really just was taking it all in, and it's not he didn't he didn't. Um, get too excited or he didn't get too down he really took his time I thought and and um, really felt his way out um, and, and where he stood and, and he watched those older guys and stuff and and um, got to see how they acted but I mean here's a guy that just um, I don't know if he's been groomed for this or what but he was meant for this he really was meant for that and I feel like um, when he came in the dressing room and stuff we all know how good he was and and, and he's a really nice guy but um, when you finally get to see the C on his chest, you really get to know like um, who he is, and and, and it's just um, he, he's the man for the job. Honestly, there's there's no nicer human being um, than Connor McDavid, and and you know I hope for you know years and years of success for the Oilers, and and I know he's definitely gonna make that happen. It's just only a matter of time now. Do you think in a few years, like when Connor McDavid's done his career, God willing, wire to wire as an Oiler, God willing, five more cups, and I'll shave 30 years off my life and most of my liver off and die a happy man, that's fine. What do you think they're going to say about him when they look back on his career? Is he going to be in the pantheon of the all-time greats? I mean, the potential is... I mean, he showed it last season. Um, I hope I hope he is. I really hope yeah. he does. Like, I, I really... You cheer for him. Like, honestly, he just was... Um, he was a good friend and, and um, a good teammate and a good captain, and I think that, um, you know, he stands within that um, nature of greatness and um, it's not because um, he's cocky or 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 skilled it's because he really is a good person and so you want to see guys like that do well and 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 I think that um, with his skill level and and the way he kind of manages himself and man and, and is learning how to manage his team I think that uh, it's only a matter and of time. And he's evolving, you're saying? Like, yeah. He's learning, yeah, he's feeling it out. Yeah, goes. I got a different vibe when I went to Montreal and came back, and I just I felt like he really started to take over. And oh, so, that's I mean, sick. I think it's, a, it's learning. You can't, like, can't just expect him to, like when they name him captain, you can't just expect him to be like um, as good as captain as, as, as Sidney Crosby. It, it takes time, and, and I feel like he really took his time to feel out um, – who he is and, and by learning and watching he's kind of just I really think he's just coming into his own and, and, and it, it's his hockey team so um, he's really gonna know how to um, manipulate that in a good way is and, it weird like having lived in the hockey environment your entire life effectively and you've seen some amazing players when you saw Connor with your own looking balls were you like well, now what in the fuck did that kid just do in training camp? Like, did you start to see some things early on? You're like, I've never seen anybody do that before. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, the speed. It's just the speed. It really is the speed. Um, and I know it took a little while. F Actually, I don't know this, but I felt like his, his hands kind of um, needed to catch up to his feet because he's so fast. Really? And I just feel like, yeah, that's all come together now. Like, as an HL, like, you were, like, jaw-dropping speed when you saw him wheeling around? Yeah, yeah. I mean... I just, yeah. <laughs> it's one thing to be us in the stands in row 80. Yeah. It's another thing to be on the ice with them being like, oh my good God. That's, everything is speed now in hockey. Like, everything is speed. And I mean, he's the fastest guy and he's, so he's the best player. Well, my question is, kind of on that point, you saw him as a teammate, saw the speed, 
hands are catching up to the feet. Now you're on the flip side. You're in Montreal or you're in New York. What's it like when he's burning down the other way? I mean, just like sit back and and just hope we don't beat you. (laughs) I mean, there's more to it than that. Um, You obviously respect... um, you respect the speed, you respect the skill. And so, like, um, I'm going to play some guy maybe a little tighter than I would play Connor McDavid when he's coming one-on-one. So um, I'm going to back off because I know he's got that extra gear and he can burn me. And so I'm going to sit back and let him – and here's a prime example of, of, of a person sitting back too much, and it's a story about me. <laughs> uh, we came into um, Edmonton, um, New York, and we, we were playing a hockey game, and we were tied um, – we we're tied. Actually, we were winning two one. We were winning two one. Yeah. And um, Connor um, came down the wing with like a minute left, and somebody stalled it for him just past the blue line and kicked it out. Well, I'm the guy in the middle of the ice, and I should have actually gone to the puck and just like taken it away from him because I probably could have beat him. But ha, you wish he got a decision to make. Mentally got me <laughs> yeah. screwed up because I know how fast he is, and so I let him have the puck. He goes below the goal line, banks one off the goalie, and it goes in. Go to the shootout. He wins it in the shootout. Oh, I bitch. I mean, it's just, you, you just, uh, you know, you got to know who you're playing against, and you got to respect that, too, because um, you don't want to look like an idiot. These guys are good. Well, especially him. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, he's just unpredictable player with all that speed, and it's just it's so, a fine line of giving him too much respect and, and, and not having it. You said he was born for the job. That's like cool to hear, right? Like, is he just like when you look at him like on a video game? Is he just a hundred, a hundred, a hundred, a hundred, a hundred, a hundred? Like, who the hell got the cheat code for this type of shit to happen? Yeah, Connor's got the game genie. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> is that what your impression? Of uh, like personality, a hundred brains, hundred oh. speed, a hundred shot, a hundred. Yeah, it's just it's his demeanor. It's the way he carries himself. I don't know if it's how he was brought up. Or we not. all love Connor, buddy. Shut up. We get it. Uh, we all continue. love fucking Shut Connor. Up. All right, Shut Brandon. Get <laughs> into it. No, I let, it, let him finish. All this right, let him finish. <laughs> this is a good podcast. Keep going. But uh, the way he was brought up, he's just very composed. Yeah, I, yeah he's just like um, he's composed, and he and I just I thought it was so cool how he just like you know. Uh, some guys would have like with all that power all that responsibility I feel like you know you just kind of you get excited and, and you jump into things and like you know maybe you rush it and, and, and you make the wrong decisions well here's a guy just like um, you know took his time like he watched and read and, and, and learned and, and just like um, you know has gradually gotten better year by year and um, w- with, with, with the person he is I think it's just like very admirable because he could be he could be that person making all those mistakes but he's not he could be like trying to like drop a mixtape with drake yeah, exactly. or some stupid shit you know, right? you know what i'm trying what? to yeah, say alexander yeah, yeah, drake yeah. style little yeah. uh, little acting in there in the mix yeah <laughs> retire to go act like Dag did yeah. we talked about kind of like the letter you got from shirelli is kind of like this is your moment what about on the ice did you have something where you're kind of lined up like you, you talked about sticking joe thornton in the balls amazing yeah do you have kind of one of those moments where <laughs> you're like well to me anyway like, you <laughs> know what I mean? joe does beans give him the old give the old figs a tap <laughs> but like did you have a moment when you're on the ice and you're like holy fuck i'm in the nhl like i don't know if you're lined up there's crosby there or there's malkin or something kind of like that where you're like mm, it wasn't those guys um <sighs> it's another thornton moment maybe i'm fangirling <laughs> yeah, don't worry. Was, <laughs> I think one year already did enough of that. Me. I can yeah. ask you more I think we've had enough fangirling here for everybody. Right now. I got about no, 800 I'm more questions if you'd like. Yeah, yeah so I've, I, 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 I can't 
really remember um, other than and there is a moment um, when I was called up. Um, the guys were playing in, in San Jose, and I had flown to San Jose, but I couldn't make it to the game in time, so I wasn't playing. And I got to watch that game that night, and then the next night we were going to Anaheim. And um, I, I, was, I was told I'm only taking warm-ups. Like, um, we, got our, we got our D-men set. We'll let you take warm-ups. They do that to young guys all the time. You know, get your feet wet before you throw them in. And, um, and I was out there in warm-ups, and, and um, you know, I just, like, took a moment. I just, like, drank it all in. And I was, like, I'm here in Anaheim I'm playing against Getzlaff and, and um, guys I, like, watched. And, like, um, it's different now that I've played in the league. But at the time, like, that was a very, very special thing to, like, actually be on the same ice surface as the person I watched on TV when I was 15 years old, you know. And I remembered um, – um, that I wasn't supposed to play, and, and something happened, I forget, that they just switched somebody out, and they said I was going to play. And so I was like, obviously shit and bricks, and I was like, oh, shit. It's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen, and and we played fine, actually. It was definitely nerve-wracking, but um, Getzlaff came down um, the wing um, and just wired a, a slap shot, and it was like we were losing 5-1 or something like that. And um, he ripped the slap shot off my shin pads. And when a puck literally hit my slap shot, I almost did like a 360, and I kind of spun around, and it was just like, <laughs> I was like, holy shit. <laughs> but it was like once I got back to the bench, all the boys were like, you know, hey, great block, like awesome job. And like it's kind of player I am. You know, I work, I work in the ditches sometimes. You got it. Yeah. And I just, I felt like, I just felt like oh, I did a good thing and I just felt like I got to approve all the boys and it was just like a, one of those little moments where I was like, yeah, okay. That's sick. So like Getzlaff, big, strong, power forward type guy, can be a prick, Yep. which I just love. Sasky boy too, which I love. Um, who's like, who's one of the toughest, like, the, the toughest guys to play against. Now, yeah, Connor's speed button talent, but like, who's one of the toughest players to play against? Because he's just like mutant strong and like obviously skilled. Um. Alberta is where you find hardworking hands, where prairie grown rye meets mountain spring water, where we pull dragons from the ground, and we choose Rig Hand Distillery, vodka, whiskey, gin, and more. Rig Hand is made from Alberta-grown ingredients, locally distilled and distributed. It's a bottle of Alberta. Ask for award-winning Rig Hand in your liquor store and visit RigHandDistillery.com. We're back. Real Life Podcast brought to you by our friends at the Rig Hand Distilleries, makers of Nation Vodka, makers of Beet Rum, Brum, Delicious, Real Life Podcast. A lot of good chatter in the break here. Uh, Here's a snippet from Brandon talking about his last days in the New York Islanders organization. So the last game of the season was in Detroit, and um, um, I actually had a friend that was um, battling um, cancer, um, a guy I played um, a midget uh, tr- a AAA with, and I knew he was in the hospital, he wasn't going to make it too long. Uh, Rich Sutter actually is a good friend of oh, his no. as well. So Rich called me, and he's like, hey, you need to get home. And so I like coordinated with the Islanders two days before last game of the season. I said, we're in Detroit. I said, i got to fly home after that game. And um, and go say goodbye. And um, they were the Islanders were great. They were like, "Do you need to go now?" And I was like, "I really just I wanted to finish the season. I wanted to have a good last game of the year. I just I just wanted to play it. And I I was just praying that like nothing bad would happen. And so um, we play the last game in Detroit. And um, I'm planning on coming home like the very next morning from Detroit. 
um, to see him. And so we kind of do our exit meetings and, and, um, everything went well. Like, um, the, we met with the coaches and the, and the general manager, they were there and, and just said like, we, we like the way you play and, um, we we're going to bring you back. Just let us get, um, Tavares's deal done, which that's how it works. Right. <laughs> Shit runs downhill. You take care of big guys first yeah, and then yeah. take care of the utility guys later. That's just the nature of it. But, um, and so I was, I was leaving knowing like I just, I was going to get qualified and it was all going to be good. Um, but as we were playing that game, um, my friend had actually passed away. I missed it. And knowing that now, um, I wish I would have gone home the day before because I would have had time. Um, and it would have meant the world to me to say goodbye, but I actually had the chance to say goodbye to him on the phone. And I, I talked with him and, and, and he under he just understood he was a hockey he's a hockey player He'd too. Want you play oh, probably, exactly. Right? There's no way he wouldn't have wanted me to, and it's just like he he knew I was coming. I I told him I loved him, and it was just um, it was just one of those moments that you know, maybe I wish I would have got a chance to kind of come back and see him, but I know he knows, he knows. Oh yeah. But on the lighter side of things, um, leaving New York at the end of the season. I thought I was coming back, but I knew that, you know, I gotta, I gotta start putting in more work. Like I gotta just, I gotta be better because I know I'm kind of meant to be better. I felt like there was more to, more to me to give. So, um, I spent two days off and then kind of went right back at it. Um, not on the ice, but in the gym. And, and it was just, it's kind of been that way this whole summer. And, um, it's been a very stressful summer dealing with like, um, all the possibilities of going here and there and not knowing. Um, but I, I just knew that like wherever I do get a chance, I want to make sure that if it, even if it didn't work out, I at least put my head down and tried one more time. You yeah. Know? You seem like the type of guy that's exactly like, you know, when everything is stacked against you or whatever, and you feel like there's only one thing you can do. And it's just like work harder, just work harder. And every day knowing you did everything that day and, let the rest just take care of itself. Yeah, and it's you got to trust in the process, and I kind of got away from that a little bit, and I think that um, you know I had to go back to the roots. I had to go back to the old work ethic that my old man taught me in Tabor, Alberta, working on the farm. Yeah, you know, and it's just Cornfest just finished there, eh? Yeah, they did. Cornfest did just you go? Finished. No, I stay away from there now. <laughs> I'm a working man now. <laughs> no, all my buddies going stuff, and my 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 family goes as well and it's a great time but yeah i just it's too close to season and i have a little fun and stuff i went on a few trips in the in the summertime for about a week and um still worked out during those weeks and stuff but um you know guys gotta have a little downtime See, guys like go you nuts. they yeah, can find a way to work out anywhere like you could even go on a vacation with like you know your boys for like a weekend a golf trip or whatever and like a friend of ours would get up and Still work out before we even woke up, and we yeah. just be like, okay. And then he'd have a couple of beers in the golf course, and what a fucking pussy! Yeah, he was a real pussy. <laughs> I mean, it pissed us all off, but we yeah. knew it was a means to the end. Yeah. I mean, when all you're doing is screwing nails into wood all day, or screwing nails into wood. There you go. <laughs> the guy the I am the construction guy. Yeah, exactly. So when all you're doing non-hockey is players never get dissed yeah, about their careers, they boom. Yeah. <laughs> so shit about construction. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know anything about skating either, but so when like he would just. He knew what he had to do, right? Yeah. So he would work hard. And it takes, it takes, and sorry to jump in, but it takes like supreme discipline actually to when you go travel to actually still work out. 
It's it's so fucking easy to say in theory. I'm always like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go here. I'm just gonna I'm not gonna drink much. I'm gonna work out like every morning and fuck. As soon as you show up, it's oh like yeah, bar, I've been there. All of it, dancing. <laughs> yeah, fucking tw- ten pounds later, you're fucking yeah. back home and you're like, what the fuck did I just do? Yeah. Yeah, I've been there too, actually. <laughs> but I'm, try- I'm trying this other method, see if that works. <laughs> no, no, I think you're on the right track now. I think, I think you got to figure it out. It's tough to juggle, though, like the, the travel schedule. Like in the playoffs last year, we went to all the games because we were so happy that there was playoffs, right? Or those guys. Yeah. I was like, I'm tired. Yeah. Like between drinking and watching all this hockey, and Jay's like, well, how do you think actual players feel right now? I'm like, they must be really tired. Oh, like, yeah. I'm just drinking in the stands. Like, it's hard to manage the travel and the, yep, the nutrition sure. and the fitness of it all. Yeah, but that's part of it. I mean, you've got to learn how to manage all that. And that's, I mean, those guys get faded out pretty quick. And I think um, you can see that with guys' careers and, and how short or how long. And, and sometimes, you know, sometimes you're just, careers are shorter because you're just, it, it just didn't work out. But um, I feel like um, those utility guys that bang it out eight, ten years kind of thing, those are the guys that really learn how to manage um, their time. We had Matt Hendricks on here one time back in the olden days when Craig was oh, in charge. Unbelievable guy. And I remember when we were leaving, I was like, do you think you're going to play another year in the NHL? And he looked me dead in the eye, and I just like turned to jelly because he has a look. He's like, oh, yeah. I'll play a few more years. And I was like, yes, sir, hey, Matt yeah. Hendricks, sir. Lo and behold, if he hasn't, right? Yeah. Like, I was shattered when they let that guy go. Me too. Honestly, I didn't think that was a, I didn't think that was a good play. I thought he was he was the glue there for, for a long time. And... Um, and and for whatever kind of player Matty is, like whatever you want to call him, he's just an unbelievable person. And he kept that locker room so tight. And I just, um, I couldn't believe they let him go kind of thing because I really thought that, that he's one of those players, which, which, which those players are kind of hard to find. For sure. Especially, especially now moving younger. Um, and I just, I didn't think it was a good move. And, and, and I'm, I'm so happy to see Matty do, do what he's doing. And I can well, still... And look how he did in Winnipeg last year. Like they, were, like he was only there for a season, and they were just like putting him on a pedestal. Tell for the like, helmet thing. Yeah. The witch. Remember thing? the the hat. He was a player of the game. Was the Hendricks Award or something? Wasn't it? Oh yeah, oh yeah. He, it's yeah. Hendricks Heroes. Yeah, Hendricks Heroes. He's been in Winnipeg for half a season, and the player of the game is Hendricks Heroes. All of a sudden, yeah. But we're like, no, no, we don't need that around here. What with all the awesome rookies that need guidance, like uh, Connor can't lead all on his own. He's still young. He's still figuring it out. Yeah, and, and I, so guys I, like like Hendricks, like. He took every warm up in the playoffs. He was in the dressing room like he was exactly that that glue. Yeah, and, it, and 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 like I said about Connor watching and learning, and and that's one of those guys. I feel like you might have to ask him, but I think he would say well, too if that, that ever were to happen. Yeah. I swear to God, I would probably die of excitement. Yeah, a little bit of crying first. <laughs> I don't know that that will happen. I Is mean, there anybody I, in the room right now that's a glue guy that you can think of in, in the Edmonton Oilers locker room? <laughs> You're and asking one year, a one year, the black hawk about the Oilers as a construction guy. The glue guy is the guy that keeps things together, right, you right, know. Glue and then yeah. screw nails in, you know? yeah, yeah, screw nails. Um, it, it's it, it's kind of changed over the years because I feel like you know those older guys just really they're just like having dad around, you know, like yeah. they keep guys um, accountable and and you know when you do something wrong, they let you know and. And it, it's kind of different when you think about glue guys now. I just think that, um, you know, on some teams there's, there still are those glue guys. But Edmonton's kind of gone younger and stuff. And, and they brought in, like, Lucic and, 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 and players like that that, um, you know, that do help with that leadership and, and take care of that side of things. But um, I think Ryan Nugent Hopkins is one of those players that just, like, has always had fun in what he does. And he really um, 
he he really doesn't um, step out of his boundaries, but he he really leads by example, and he kind of brings it every night. And I think he's one of those players that just um, is a real leader in that room. Is he a cool cat? Like I know it's very unprofessional for us to sit here. You just signed as a Blackhawk. We're like, uh huh. Anyways, <laughs> <to> the Oilers. <laughs> Was the Nuja cool guy? I feel like he's an enigma because he's been here for so long. We're Oilers Nation. Like, I want every drop of information, every <laughs> word. I want it all to come to me about every Oiler. All I know about the Nuge is that he likes racehorses. Yep. And he is reverse aging like Benjamin Button. Yeah. And that new guy, Bouchard, is already eight years older than the Nuge, which makes zero sense. But there you have it. Like, what was he like? Like, just as a guy. He's just a big kid. He's yeah. really just like, um, he was, he was um, one of my um, um, better friends on the team. I know like, we were all. We were all a team, and we were all friends. But I feel like, um, you know, maybe you hang out with a guy more so than another. And he was one of those guys that I hung out with on the road, had dinner with, and, um, you know, got to really know him on another level. And I feel like um, I'm going to lose my thought process here. But I, I think that he's just one of those um, one of those glue guys that just like um, – is he like a funny guy? Is I lost he like my a thought there? I was talking, I lost my thought. The Nuge is such an enigma it, it, exactly. that your it's, opinion of him disappeared while you thought about it. Yeah. That's enigma. Uh, I mean, I, I actually, so the, we, they just had the, the horse races here on the weekend on Saturday. Yeah. I texted him because I thought maybe he'd be in town. Yeah, with one of his 40 horses or something. Yeah, yeah, but he only races. He told me. I texted him and he what said, What do you mean? His horses? New Joe Dre's horses, man. Yeah. Like how many? Like I think a four. fair number. Yeah, I think four. four. Wow. Yeah. That's a weird game. Yeah, I know. I just, have you talked to him about that? Um, not really, actually. I just I feel like some guys have their passion. He's like I an aristocrat, like, though, right? I think right? maybe like, it maybe comes from his mom, maybe. But I'm I'm spitballing. Actually, I don't know why. Because like does I don't that. know much about horse races, but I do know there's like one of two ways. To, <laughs> I mean, I might know that, but it's like one of two ways to buy a horse. After they win a race, they you can they the owner puts them up for sale. Correct. Yeah, you can claim that's them. one way. Yeah, yeah. So does he? Does he like he doesn't breed race horses or like have somebody in his camp? You literally have. This it's is okay. here. I'll answer that. I don't, Can you do I me a favor really, and get Ryan Nugent here I'm to call him. explain to me how horse racing works? I, honestly, I, I never got in depth with him about it, but I know he has a passion for it. Like he just he loves it kind of thing. And I I'm like I I don't know if it's because of his mom or, or, it's or he's how he got into it. It's yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's a closet gambler. Yeah, that's exactly. No, no, he's very quiet, but he really likes to gamble. He can't bet on hockey, so he bets on horse. If I ever see him like Joe Murphy, I'm gonna know it's because he gambled all his money. He he. I think if you're if you're the Nuge and you're doing horse racing, it's like three degrees off being a pole. Polo player, you're like an aristocrat. Like, you'll excuse me, I summer in yeah, Manhattan. Real waspy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty sure it's just because he likes to gamble. Yeah. Hits the nudes with a thirty million dollar contract. He goes straight to owning racehorses. Hey, just goes to the top of the economic ladder. So before he ranted on there, he said you were at the Derby and you texted him to see if he had his horses there, but he races somewhere else. Yeah, he just raced. He said he just races out of Vancouver. Like his horses don't travel anywhere. And I mean, um, uh, so I don't understand entirely um, why that is kind of thing, because I think if you want to win money, you've got to travel and you've got to go places. Um, He's probably not doing it for money. He's probably doing it for like weird. Love of the game player. Yeah, Yeah. something like that. My my friend actually, um, his name's Carson Wiest, and um, they live in Enchant, which is like 45 minutes from Tabor. Their horse was in the Derby and his horse won. They won a $200,000 purse on Saturday. And they'd like reared it at his farm. Like uh, no, they bought that horse. Okay. Yeah, okay. So they bought uncle, that horse, but they've had him for a while. Damn. My wow. uncle used to have horses, and I asked him. I said, these are the two. <laughs> these <laughs> he does are the know two horses, Jay. Yeah, I do know, but I wanted to know how he did it. And yeah, I didn't yeah, want to give him ahead. the answer. Go I didn't want to. Tell no, us no I think uncle. he did that one. So anyways, there's two ways to make horses. You either like breed them and then tr- and then two ways to make horses? Make money off of horses. Okay. You either like You play some berry white and you get a little wine. That is not the way you do it. 
Okay. Very simply, it has nothing to do with making horses. It has to do with like you can get a horse and then uh, breed it with another horse and make a baby horse and then train that horse to be a really good rider. Uh-huh. And that is like buying super low, and then you sell it after like five good races. Correct, right? No, I think or, so. So, <laughs> like or, Brandon, you know everything about horse racing, right? I know that is correct. So, yeah. though, but yeah, okay, I don't just know. stick yeah. with me here, guys. Yeah, yeah. This is really difficult. Keep talking. Yeah. So, okay, then the other way is to like see a horse that's raced a couple horses, uh, races, and somebody's already done that hard work, like to train the horse, yeah. to see potential in that horse buy it at a low value yep. and then make it race like four or five more races where it makes some money and then sell it at a way higher value. Or there's a third. What's that? Make the horse? You. <laughs> From other horses? Did I come Bring the rose There's a third way to make money. <laughs> you have a horse that wins a bunch of races and then you sell his seed. Yes. No, come on. Is that the best way? Um, yeah, their, oh. name, their name is everything, I believe. See, my uncle never got to the point the horse, where he uh, had a horse breed. that was worth anything, like, so he guys couldn't that sell win, the, like, the, the Guys, horses that win the Kentucky Derby, like... Yes, yeah. no, that's the Kentucky They're selling loads Derby, for, though. like, hundreds yeah, yeah, of thousands of no, dollars. we understand that, but so if you were my uncle, and you had a horse, and it raced five races, and then it didn't sell for shit, it wasn't selling its semen. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yes, Let's, of course. So... He made bad investment in horses. Imagine it's the same for an athlete. Siemens it's like, we're going to have you in here. We're going to play you six good seasons. Then we're going to let you go out to Vegas, and you're banging until you're 80. <laughs> like, I'll tell you, all right. Maybe it'll all come right. to that. <laughs> 100 bucks a pop. Everything oh. you make is property of the Oilers. <laughs> all right. I'll tell you right now, I've, no, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> we had roommates at our house who played in the AFL, like Australian Rules Football, and they have this thing called the F- Sons and Fathers Rule. Fathers and son rule. Father's son rule. Yeah. If anybody played in the AFL, their kids are automatically property of that team. Oh, really? And yeah. like, there was this one year, the kid who was like the Connor McDavid of his year, and the shittiest team supposed to get him. Father and son went to his other like team altogether, and yeah. they're like, "We had the dad here for twenty years. Now we're gonna have the fucking kid." And they called him like two or something. Was it like there was God uh, and the, son of God? God, God and yeah, son of God. God and, yeah. That's how really? crazy this yeah. father son combo. Australian Speaking of God and son of God and weird nicknames. <laughs> What's like? What do you guys call McDavid in the dress room? Uh, obviously, Davo. Davo. Yeah, just yeah, just Davo. Davo. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I'm Davey, so you could understand how that would get mixed up. Even when even when Todd used to yell our names, I'm like, I know there's Todd's a forwards coach and there's a D coach, um, Jimmy Johnson. But I mean, even when Todd yells name, like Todd's voice just carries, and so he would say Davo all the time, trying to send Davo. But um, I thought he was saying Davey. So half the time, I'd be hopping over the boards. I'd be like, oh, shit. He said, Davo, and I'd be hopping back because he'd be screaming at me. There's six guys on the ice. Yeah, did you get any, did you get any too many men on that? No, I never got, never, no, no. We, we managed, boy. we managed. But, I mean, I hopped the boards several times because we get that <laughs> mixed up. Bastard's playing every other shift. Yeah. What did you just, think of the new barn as a guy who played in both? I mean, it's unbelievable. State of the art. It's just, um, you know, Rogers was... Roger was great. Roger was unbelievable. Like five Stanley Cups. I mean, just the history behind it was just like my childhood dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, so to play in that and even experience like the ceremonies ending um, um, or retiring that rink or whatever yeah. you want to call it, um, and all having all the guys come back. Isn't and that crazy? Having beers in the locker room Incred- and hanging out. Oh, you out. were down there for the greatest oh, yeah. party of all time. Every had, two years. Yeah, I know you, saw, you met Fred Brathway, Rick. Back. I saw that. Yeah. It's just special. I mean, it was really special. But, I mean, coming to the new rink, it was like, you know, um, it was the first rank of its kind, really. And we had, like, this new owner, and he just, you know, built us this empire. And, and, and you know, it, it added a little bit of pressure, for sure. But at the same time, I mean, 
Um, I like new. New yeah. rinks are ice. <laughs> a new facility, like even like the training part of it, um, we had state-of-the-art equipment. and, and The know, showers had hot water. The showers did have nice hot touch, water. Eh? Braggarts. Yeah, did you guys know that? Like, there's, there's no hot uh, water yet. A uh, little bit of hot water, but not much. <laughs> oh, shit. What about, what about the new arena in Detroit? Wasn't that sick? Oh, Holy that's man. cool. And I love how this. Did you go for a tour before you went in, like, and look at it? No. Uh, well, yes, 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 yes. Sorry, I yeah. went for a tour the first time I played in it, and I even went. I even went in the visitors' locker room after they're done practice and stuff, and just seeing what like yeah, what yeah. theirs is and what and and, and what um, Rogers is, and I mean, both very similar. Like he just, it was just so brand new that like not one was better than the other. That concourse in Detroit's sick though, hey, like with the natural light up above. Yeah, and stuff like really that. cool. And I love how they still like it. Still looks like the old rink. Like when you're in the, on the ice playing, it still feels like the old rink. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. I like that idea actually. Yeah, like the red seats and everything. It just it feels like the same rink. I I kind of miss the vibe of Rexall. Like yeah. Rogers is an amazing arena and whatever, but like being in the stands at Rexall versus Rogers, like it just feels different. Like the old wood the, chairs and shit. But yeah. just but also like how it like the sound carried or something like is like 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 Rogers sounded like a library, right? Like it, it can sound like a library, like because it the sound doesn't carry. Yes, I don't it can. Know. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Can. As you would know on the ice, I, yeah. I'm sorry for that. Like, trust me, we want to. <laughs> but we, uh, our, we should score more goals. <laughs> and, uh, well, we're not doing we're our not, part. No, but even when you score, it's like yeah, like it's like we lost all our fucking mojo. We got <laughs> Except all playoffs, though. Oh, well, playoffs. We, fucked, we uh, thought playoffs were like, well, here. It'll never be loud in here because the arena's so big. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, the whole city was going nuts. Are oh, you? Yeah. Th- and I'm just thinking about the new barn you're going to be playing in. Are you going to go to Bulls games? Uh, I haven't thought about it. <laughs> you should. Bulls games would be I sick. I love basketball games. You I'm literally not a signed basketball. the thing today. Hey. He's you literally never know waiting for paperwork. Hey, you That's never gonna, know what people are thinking about. Hey, uh, hey just wondering. Uh, you never know what you're thinking about. Maybe what, he says, what time are you going to take that Chicago uh, <laughs> Canal cruise right. at? He's right. <laughs> the fuck does he know what he's going to do when he gets there? No. I mean, Do you even know what flight you're out of here on? Nope. Nope. I, I know I'm out on the 9th. That's it. Booked the it. 9th of September. 9th of September. Yeah, I got a cherry oh, golf tournament on the 10th. Good guy. Yeah. Don't like it. You, know, you might say, you know, Wanye, I went to a Bulls game last time I was in Chicago because we had an off night, and Scottie Pippen was my childhood hero. No, it's highly they unlikely. when you were there. Or, no, wait. Wait. What do you mean you went to a Bulls? Why would he tell you a story He's, about how he went to a Bulls I was <laughs> And why would Pippen be playing for that team? the goddamn oh, wow. pipe? Oh, my God. You're calling some infighting here. All right. We're fine. <laughs> we're fine. We'll take a deep breath. We don't have any more breaks. How much more time do we have, Charles? We're probably... Uh, we are about 35 minutes over. Okay. Let's ask some final questions. Yes. For Brandon Davidson, who's been so nice to sit here, despite the third least professional podcast in Edmonton. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you got? Yeah, I'll go last. One thing I want to ask, we've had it open. We've all watched it before we started. Your first NHL goal. One of my favorite things about watching hockey is when guys score their first NHL goal. The happiness on the face, the whole thing around. What do you remember about your goal? Because I've got it, and we're going to play it. And I'm just curious what you remember about it. It was against the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, Anton Lander passed me that puck, eh? Yeah. It's the body. I mean, I, I had to look back at the net to make sure it went in because, like, I don't score too many of them. But, I mean. I think a two-goal, big goals last year you scored against Calgary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember no, those ones. Big deal. Anyway, back to the first. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I just, you know, worked so hard for that one kind of thing. And, I mean, you know, it's nice to be in a game. And, like, we talked about those memories of, like, you know, like what stand out for you and stuff. But, I mean, 
you get to score your score your first goal and and um, get to put something on the on the score sheet and and I still have that score sheet by the way, and um, you know. It's 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 like the story I told earlier where it was just like it was it was one of those defining moments. It was like it was just everything to me, and it, and and, it, and no better person could have passed me the puck because me and Anton Lander battled in the minor leagues for years, and we battled hard. We're good friends. Um, I mean, Anton Lander won the KHL last year, did he yeah. not? Yeah, he did. Yep. Yeah, and so like um, it was just. It, it, for him to pass me the puck, it was even specialer because we're two guys grinded out in the minor leagues, and you know, he gives me that puck, and I think he was more excited than than I was. But um, you know, just just very special, and I I don't say special all the time, but <laughs> you had some special shit happen to you. Where's, your, yeah. puck? Where's your puck now? Um, my my dad has my puck. Nice. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. My dad has my puck, and uh, were wow. they there? No, my dad was not there. No, no, he wasn't there. I forget. Um, yeah, he's probably, probably kinda... working nine to five. <laughs> Does your phone kind of blow up after something like that? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and like Lander Street made like in. a sick pass there. Sick pass. Like he threaded the needle because that on... guy was glued to you. He had a yeah, and he yeah. Wow, that was good. Do you always feel the like? Do you get, do you got the green light to do that anytime you want? Jump so, from the blue line in. Um, I felt like I at that just time you just you at just, that you, time I was just kind of I wasn't thinking much. I was just playing, um, and I felt like I've kind of been. Um, the type of player that's supposed to sit back a little more, and and um, I'm kind of done with that, actually, to be honest with you. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna really start to do me and 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 you know play within the system and and um, you know do what my coach asks of me. But um, it's just you know oh, you gotta fuck, have you've uh, left at the wrong time of your career. Yeah. You're about to blow. Like, up. Gotta, <laughs> like, fucking right. You gotta. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> like I'm happy for you. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's gonna go awesome. You'll probably see some Bulls games, but shit. <laughs> I just feel like there's that offensive side that I had in junior and that jump and that instinct that really, that everybody always talked about. Like, you know, he, he, he's got this plus side and he doesn't use it kind of thing. But I always felt like I was being held back for whatever reason, not because of coaches or whatever, just because I just, I felt like that was my job. But, you know, you only live once and I like, I'm really into this, um, into this new part of my life where I'm really just trying to do me and I'm going to do me on the ice. And I'm going to, I'm I really just want to show that. Uh, so in the off season, do you like, are you getting ready? I know you're getting ready for uh, hockey season, but are you getting ready for fantasy football season? <laughs> do you last, play fantasy football? Yes. Last year was my first fantasy football season. Oh, you got it. Oh, geez. Here right we go. Quick. Yeah. Good. Okay. My so, first one. So I'm very, yeah, we're not going to nerd out about it or anything, but <laughs> okay. like, but so we will nerd out. You do it. love it, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's Absolutely. great. And so, are there any other show guys in the league that love fantasy football? No, that are in your league. What's your league? Is it a buddies from back home or like oh, the league, like the league that on, you're in? Honestly, but, um, I was in Montreal to start of the season, and um, oh, it's the, Montreal guys. It was a Montreal guys thing, and I know um, maybe some other teams have that too. But like, that's why I got dragged into it because I was actually living with Andrew Shaw um, before the season started, and Shaw's a big football guy, and he's like, "Who wants in on this on this fantasy football?" And, I and so, like, who bit? It's a what? So who bit? Who 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 said yes? Who's what? On the team. Like who on the team? Who's on the team? The, who said yes? In your draft, who's oh. on the teams on your draft? Andrew like Shaw I'm your asked. interpreter for Christ. I don't fucking know what you're asking. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was actually Andrew, answering your question. Andrew on Shaw, what team? On Andrew Shaw said who wants in, <laughs> and then I said so who? So you said yes. Yeah. Who else went in? Oh, like um, <laughs> at least half the team. <laughs> Sorry. Chalmers might go up for yeah. interview of the year <laughs> after this podcast. So was it Thomas Plekinex? 
Was he, that was in, he was in, yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck him. I don't like it. It was basically, it was, honestly, it was probably like most of the team, probably like 15 guys kind of thing out of the team. Like, um, Can most you guys are in fo- that next year or are you out now? You I'm out play. of it. Oh. I talk with Shazi all the time, so we're, we're always talking. He's like, sorry, you guys. can't play. Yeah. Yeah. Bastard. Yeah, but no, I'm at it all. If Habs fans <laughs> found out that uh, the Blackhawks and Habs were playing fantasy football together, there'd be riots in the streets. Oh, it'd be a war, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you gotta have your walls up. Yeah. I kind of got drugged into that, but I actually, it was awesome. It gave me, I, I'm not a big football guy, but I've want, I want to be a big football guy. And so that just gave me every reason to watch every single game, and it was just like, <laughs> it was awesome. I loved it. One thing I want to know is when you got a little taste of NHL money, what's the dumbest thing you bought? Oh, kind of like when you're just like, you know what? I'm doing it. Yep. I'm in. Yeah, I bought a I bought a Mustang. Oh, sick! Yeah, sick. and I it, it's not it's not really even like NHL money. I just signed my three year entry level, and I was like, you know, I'm going down the minor leagues, and, and I've always wanted a sports car, and, and I just I, if you're going down the minor leagues, you need to buy a truck or like something to haul stuff in because. Um, <laughs> You can't take People much in a Mustang. Up, yeah. yeah, like you're traveling and stuff. And I mean, you got to, when you're making $60,000 a year, you're making seven hundred. It's a different story. It's probably better. I'm sure it didn't feel like at the time. It's probably better to make sixty before you make seven hundred. Yes. Than be yes. seventeen, than make twelve million dollars. Probably year. not a bad thing to show the coach that you're practical too, either. Yeah. So. And so I showed up in a bright blue Mustang. <laughs> oh, nice. yes. Bright blue. Yes. I did boys loved it. I, I, the boys ate me alive. <laughs> what color was the interior? black oh, oh, okay. Yeah. okay good that's practical at least but nobody probably got in it because it was a <laughs> bright blue keep Mustang. that car you can keep that car wire to wire if you want unless you already wrote it off and gave it away to somebody i traded it in the next year oh. i lasted one year and i was like because guys are like pulling down like their couches and like um beds and everything because like you you, you need to like be able to do that it's just you you can't have and you're like the stang seats three in the brochure oh, <laughs> through my <laughs> I threw my coffee machine and I think like a couple pillows in the back seat and I was like, oh, we're full. After the the first four times you pin it off the line, it just doesn't feel so good anymore. And then you start going, yeah, I don't Uh, think this is great. Oh, it lasted a year. I was like, can't even drive it to the bar. No, no. To impress girls. Well, you should be driving to the bar. No, but if you drive to the bar and then to impress everybody, you roll out, they're probably already in the bar and you go, well, I'm not driving that home. So what are we going to do? Go in the parking lot and look at it (laughs) while we have a beer and then get a cab? Oh. We had a buddy who played for the Capitals, and he was talking about the practice facility they shared with the Wizards. He's like, you know, the Caps are there, and there's like some trucks, and there's some SUVs mostly, maybe a couple Beamers, Benzes. And one day I was there late getting treatment or whatever, and then the Wizards rolled in. He's like, Lambos, and there's like oh, yeah. entourages of guys, <laughs> like guys that get out of a truck. They got like six bodyguards. Oh, and yeah. shit. You're like, whoa. Yeah. I would have legitimately got a check for $275,000 if I signed a contract, and the, what I would have done was bought a car for 274000 And I would have taken the other $1,000, and I would have been like, can I insure this thing? Like, is, that a, is that a thing? Because I'm fucking retarded with money. <laughs> Can't say retard. (laughs) (laughs) Jay, you got any last questions? Uh, I said we talked a lot, and mine's more just like an appreciation for kind of just what what down went down here. Like, first of all, like super grateful that you came down and took the risk coming on a you know grassroots fan you know (laughs) podcast. But uh, honestly, man, it was like super unreal to like hear your story. Like, and just like you speak really well. Uh, You're fucking hardworking, dude. And, like, as a fucking Oilers fan, I'm just so rattled that this didn't all work out because I fucking like where your head's at right now. I've already liked the player you were leading up to this podcast. So, like, I'm just, like, want to sincerely 
and heartfeltly say like, I'm fucking cheering for you. I'm not going to be a Blackhawks fan, yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to be fucking watching because uh, you're, you're the type of dude that's, you know, obviously going to put in the work and has the right fucking right, right mindset to, to, to do good things. So yeah, like, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, like it's yeah. super cool. Yeah, thanks guys. I mean, I'm a grassroots kind of guy, so you've been a fan favorite for a long time, oh. right? I think like there's some fuckery with you going to Long Island right when you did, and the fact that like you know maybe it's because we're friends with Rick, and there's like a Brandon Davidson news watch 24 hours yeah. a day in a text message group we have, right? <laughs> and like, oh my god, like you might be around again, and then like you actually made the the news that you'd been offered a PTL, like you're like a respected dude around here, right? And I hope you come back when you're done. Where do you know, yeah, you I ever mean, think about what you're going to do when you're done? Uh, I just was thinking, um, spitballing over the last few months kind of thing. Like, um, I kind of moved out of Lethbridge, um, this at the beginning of the summer and moved to Edmonton, um, rented a house, um, started training with a new trainer. Um, and, and I mean, um, the trainer, Simon Bennett and his facility is going to be built in the new um, yeah. hotel across the street from Rogers. Yeah. Um, I can skate, uh, with David Pilche and, and, and other, um, you know, hockey minds, or David's not a hockey mind, but skating mind. Yeah. And uh, I mean, when I look at like what I need in the summertime, um, Edmonton has um, whatever I need to provide for that, and um, I'm just like gonna call this place my home. I think. And, Good man. And, and we're, um, lucky, we're lucky to have you here. And you know, it, it sucks that um, it didn't work out, and, and and I wasn't able to come back, especially with. Um, what happened? Um, Are you willing recently? to say why it didn't work out? I guess maybe that's my question. Um, Something to calm me down from my blistering rage right now as I'm listening <laughs> to you talk. I mean, I, I, I am super excited to go to to go to Chicago, and I'm like, that's where my heart is right now. And um, uh, Edmonton will always be um, home for me, but I feel like um, you know there is a new chapter in my life. Um, just everything has has really just changed over the last little while, and I've become humbled by life and um i'm super excited about chicago but um I, I just felt that um you know me taking a pto in chicago and me taking a pto in edmonton um edmonton knows the player i am um i was in the system for seven years and, and in the nhl with them for two and a half they know exactly what they're getting and, and um i know that i wanted i wanted to be here and I think a lot of people wanted me to be here too because I do have success here and, 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 you know, that, that factored in with the wanting to be here was, you know, it was tough for me to say no to the PTO, but, um, I just, I feel right now in my career that, um, Chicago's, um, the right choice for me and that, um, you know, I'm going to have a lot of success there and, and, um, I hope that uh, nobody has some any heart feelings about it. No, not no, at all. Uh, we, like, you we know what? Have, as a guy sitting yeah. on the outside, there's going to the be like PTO. six secret Blackhawks fans yeah. in here. Oh, I guarantee it until you're done. No, I should. think I want the darker, the, the black jersey, <laughs> the black Blackhawks jersey with the Davidson on the back. That's what the I outdoor want. classic but jersey. I think actually. as like you know what he was not going to say it, but the PTO at this point in his career with the Oilers is a slap in the face, and it just is like you know he doesn't have to agree to this or anything, but it's like just like he said, man. They already knew what he were getting, exactly. and then they still signed him to that. So they took him for granted, and now we're going to lose him, and that's fucking awesome. And every time in your career that you've been in a pinch, you fucking bounce back heavy. In the clutch. Every time. I hope You it, haven't I, missed. I hope it And I look forward to when you uh, come back with the Blackhawks, what, four or five hey. times a year, and roast the Oilers <laughs> with the former <laughs> Oiler curse that is 
a real thing. Yeah, I've already looked November November first. Put all the money. Yeah. Put all the money on the board. Money on Davy scoring night. Yeah. Yeah. Davy scoring on November fourteenth. I'm not making any money any money that night. So remember those two. You know those two tickets you get every night. Oh, love this guy. Those two tickets you get to every game. You calm down, Chalmers. You just calm yourself down. Whatever. I'll buy my, my girl like... my girlfriend's from Edmonton. She'll get one. Oh, she is. You can have the other one. Oh, God, my he's ticking all the boxes, Joe. Just kidding, girl. <laughs> Son of a gun. Well, thanks for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate yeah. it. Like Jay said, like yeah, the spirit of Oilers Nation has always been like Oilers fans have the right to talk to each other about whatever the hell they please, and we don't like being talked down to by real media people, and we don't like being talked to down to by the organization, and Edmontonians want a fair shot. Right, they just want straight across the board communication and stuff like that. And like the fact that you came in here and talked the way that you did, and you're as upfront as you were, like you're a stand up dude. Mm-hmm. And we wish you all the best in your new career. Yeah, thanks, guys. I really appreciate you guys having me in. And all I want is a fair shot too. So, all right, buddy. Well, good luck with the Hawks. Yeah, thanks, boys. Cheers, appreciate guys. It. Real life Cheers. podcast. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.